All right, folks, here we are back in KJ Studios. And you may be wondering, man, why is that music so militant and so serious? Because if you ever see that big truck with the big drill sergeant on the side talking about get out the damn house, well, we got him in the house. We got him out the house to get him in the house. So without further ado, everybody, Kelly, Peter Gidry from Forgotten Not Gone. <laughs> What's <Yay>! going on, <laughs> you guys? <laughs> Was that all right? Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, good, 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 good. That's perfect. Good. You Happy know, to be here. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure. So normally, I think the last time we saw each other, it was very cold out there in Craig Ranch Park. And um, I'm going to tell you, we blew the walk because I'd promised the kids. I think I told you I promised the kids that we would go get something to eat. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know there was a Chick-fil-A down the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't see the line? I didn't know that. I I always go out to Sahara. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't go go down Craig. Heart like I do, but I miss it. I, I don't know why. So I go to Discount Tire. That's where I go get my all my car stuff done, and it's way down there, closer to the Home Depot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a um, oh my gosh, what's that steak place? It's not Texas Roadhouse. It's the, the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah, it has the Bloomin' Onion in it. I can't think of the name. Oh, look, our audience is gonna be like, man, these guys are terrible. Um. Oh my gosh! Outback, Outback Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. There we go. I said All the right. blooming onion. The blooming onion. So it's right <laughs> next to Outback. So I didn't know it was there. So, anyways, we went there, and and it was the whole night was destroyed of all that walk. So, oh, you lost, you lost your gains, as people say. I yeah. Oh, I never lose the gains. <laughs> you keep those. Yeah, I keep those. So, anyways, hey, would you guys mind introducing yourself to the listeners out there and uh, tell them all about Forgotten Not Gone and anything else you want to share before we get into this? All right. Well, I'm Kelly Gidry, and I am an Air Force veteran, and I met my husband. Uh, probably two weeks after I got to Italy, which was my first duty station. And I'll let him introduce himself and then we'll. Yeah, and I'm Peter, Peter Gidry, retired Air Force uh, veteran. Yeah, I met my wife, uh, Aviano Air Base in Italy. And 22 years later, man, it's been a blessing to still have her in my life. Hallelujah. Man, look at that. If, if you guys could see the love in the eyes. He's laying it on pretty thick. He's laying it on thick. <laughs> but just, But that's good, though. It is. You're supposed to. It is. You know, and I, and so in all the pictures, all the IG, every time I go out and see you guys, right? I wish I could make it out more. Um, there's always love. There's always enthusiasm. And let me tell you why that stands out to me because I'm also, I'm an Air Force Wounded Warrior. You guys know that. Um, stayed in 28, 28 years plus. Ooh, amazing. Um, well, right. But, you know, I tell people, I'm like, you know, some people came out bigger winners, Mm-hmm. staying less with less stripes because they didn't lose themselves. And, mm. and and what I love about what you guys bring is is that you are there for others like me. You know, for for some reason some somewhere down the line people lose a sense of who they are or what they stood for and they've adjusted to this new norm but this this uh this dark place mm-hmm. in a snap of a finger hits them. And, you know, some of us, like me for years, I'm like, man, how do I shake this? You know, I don't understand. And, you know, um, you shake it by getting out the damn house, mm-hmm. right? And and it's funny you said that. So I'm curious, get out the damn house. Where 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 was that born from? Or is that too soon? What came first? Forgotten, not, forgot, not gone? 
or get out the damn house. Forgot not gone came first. Yeah, years before that, but you know, as part of our growth, uh, you sort of have to do a lot of self talk to be there for other people because I didn't feel like you know, going out with rides on other veterans, but they were depending on us. Like, if I don't get my life together and get out there, these veterans won't have access to our recumbent trikes. And so I used to talk to myself, hey, you need to get out the damn house. Just yeah. suppressing my emotions, you know? Yeah. That's what it was all about. It was from a place of talking to myself what I need to do. Well, since that time, it's caught on to, you know, the community. And now it's like a badge of honor to tell people that. But it gives them that courage and that, uh, that, uh, those right words to, to tell them today what they need to do, but to help them get that uh, the healthy hand up. Push them over the edge. But just like you said, you said, um, you know, people who stayed in and maybe lost themselves and people who got out, we floundered around like fish out of water for right. a long time. 2011, Pete and Kelly, Ooh. you would not want to meet them. Right. Well, okay, so let's peel that layer back real quick. Why not? Because <laughs> it, it's taken a long time for us to get back to the individuals we were, let's say, right after basic training. Because even before right. I went to basic training, I was a different person. Okay. Um, I admit that all people, before they go in the military, I think we're a unique breed. Okay. So it takes a special type of person. Right. Right. Um, but then there are certain things that are just, you know, innately in you prior to that. So we right. get out. Um, my husband was medically separated, 24, had no idea what he was going to do, didn't want to get out the military. They said, you know, you got to get out. You're hurt. We can't, you can no longer do your job. See you later. I never thought about how that affected him being 24. We had a huge house out in Henderson. Um, you know, he has a wife. I'm 26, I think, at the time. I'm still in. And we just never addressed it. Then finally I get out and we just, he was throwing up blood. Um, because mm. of the pain medicine they had gave him for his spasms, like, you know, muscle relaxers and stuff like that. And yeah. we would go back and they'd be like, we don't know why you're throwing up blood. Like they had no idea. Um, it just years of him being sick, sick. Yeah. And it's then a- me having to take care of him, but also being disabled myself. So it, I became unemotionally available for him. You know, I, I was there in duty because that's what I used to do in the military. You know, I was a cop. Right. So my duty was to take care of my husband, but emotionally I checked out. Do you, I think that becomes, um, so like when I ran mortuary affairs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I didn't realize I had issues till later. It's a defense. Because, you know, um, I think we are kind of taught, you got to shut your emotions off. Complete to, the mission. To complete the mission. You, I mean, just shut it off. And when you go to turn it back on, it's like turning the light off in here and turning it on. That's when you realize. It's something different. Right. Yeah. How these how this might get here. And That's how does. you realize what's going on. And did you find yourself. I mean, so is, what's weird about this is, is you could almost say you're both smees because you experience the same type of stuff. Maybe not physically and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're like, hey, I got to shut it off to take care of him. Well, yeah. And, funny you should say that. So we did. I was ill as well. Chronic mm-hmm. pain live with it so long that my 10 to me was a four, you know, they ask you what's your pain level. So I was in chronic pain too. And I tell people, they're like, well, when I start telling my story, they're like, well, that's PTSD. And I told them only one, one family, one person in the family can experience that. So I took my PTSD and I packed it up so that I could take care of him. We didn't have a room for two PTSD riddle people. But that's, you know, I talk when you, when, you know, we say we pack it up, I'm like, that's like putting it in a duffel bag mm-hmm. and there's, and there's still room. <laughs> but then when yeah. you go to unzip it, it explodes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because you kept putting more stuff in there. And not realizing it. You didn't realize it. it. Right. Wow. Exactly. And that's what I did. I packed it on up. And then when I would run into something else that would keep me from my mission, which was making sure that he was okay. Yeah. And making sure that we were okay. I would just pack it in there, pack it in there. And, and at the end, it just exploded. And that's what happened. My life exploded in, in 2011. And I was in the psych unit at, um, at Nellis. Before, at the hospital? Before that, you was at the other side. Was that because he was a bad patient? No. <laughs> no, it was, it was my own. But before that, he's right. I had a, um, I, I never talk about that, but um, I had a psych hold, which is like a 5150 if you ever heard of it. I have. They can put you on a, a mandatory 72 hours. And um, it was one of the rare occasions where we would switch roles and we would always do that, where he was going to work and doing everything and I was falling apart. I was allowed to, you know, fall yeah. apart. And um, he was going to break me out. He said he could, yeah. you know, he couldn't believe that I was yeah. in there. And we called my mom out and it was just one of those things. Like we've had so many things happen and we're very transparent. We have no problem sharing because I think it's important. Stay like, free. Right. I think it's yeah. important. Like when you were saying, you know, the love that you see between us and everything like that, it's important for people to know you can work at that and get that. Mm-hmm. Be, because it didn't just happen and we did go through hard times. What you're seeing now is a product of a lot of hard work, a lot of self-visiting, uh, right. uh, self-reflection, and, and just trying to be a better person and, and, and taking care and nurturing your relationship stigma-free. Yeah, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and that's how it's gotten to the point. Uh, one good thing about us, though, we never stop being friends. And I think that helped the situation and also being dual military doing the exact same jobs because we were both security forces. And then when we cross trained, we cross trained into the same uh, career field, too, which was vehicle maintenance. OK, I just worked at Red Horse and he worked on on base. So um, it was just mutual respect mutual already knowing what we're going through it's not like he had to explain to me he had a bad day or running across a verm with a 25 pound you know m60 like i got it because i just did it earlier in the weapon storage area yeah that's it's funny because everything you just said said love and you don't quit and and a lot of what you guys focus on with your mission is those people who give up they succumb to those those dark thoughts and they just give up they don't have a sense of you know they believe they have convinced themselves or they have allowed you know the ptsd to convince them that they're better off Mm -hmm. gone it's that self-talk and it's like you're not forgotten right so let's let's talk about that right so forgotten not gone and um well you are forgotten but you're not gone Okay. They, they forgot about us and all the service and why we got in the condition okay. we are. So they treat us ah. in a certain manner or they criticize us for having these uh, disabilities, these mental health challenges, and they're not willing to help because they forgot that we're doing a job that you didn't ever wanted to do. Are we talking about now when, when you were for society? Got it. Because mm-hmm. you know what? It's not easy. So it's funny is when I uh, started looking for work um, when I retired, they ask you, have you ever been diagnosed or have, are you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think the word's diagnosed uh, with PTSD. Uh, I think it was mental illness. I wonder if they ask that of regular civilians. Um, 
is that a standard question? They probably have legally. They probably have to make it a standard I, question. I think it, it, for me, I don't know. It may have to do with what I was applying for. I mean, it may be relevant. Like I think if I was going to, um, if I was going to like, let's say Target right, right, right. or Home Depot, they, they probably wouldn't ask. They you probably that. would or wouldn't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but to me, I kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. It ha- it must maybe fit within whatever you're going to do. Um, But there is a stigma. But I was nervous, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm very transparent uh, about it. But I think people um, will say they know you Mm -hmm. and they know what it's about. You'll hear them on the big stage talking about, yeah, we, you know, we are this and we we take care of these vets and these disabled people, you know. And but the minute they see you, you know, maybe kick into, you know, PTSD mode. That's Mm -hmm. right. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy is, you know, crazy. Is this or this or this? And that, and that, that's the first step to you saying, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's happened to me with myself. I'll explain. So you said the minute they see you go into PTSD mode, yeah, they're like, oh, I thought I knew this person. Well, that happened to me. That's how I realized I had PTSD because I thought I knew myself, mm. and I didn't. That's when I realized, oh, I'm this is a moment like I there, this is an issue, like something's going on. And it, it was at that point that I realized, man, I'm the last one to know. Cause people would tell me, <laughs> you know, you got anger issues, you know, what's your problem? I didn't like being around a lot of people. Um, one, one Christmas, I think I left his mom at the mall because she, she thought she knew me. And I said, I gotta go. Like, I gotta get out of here. Mm. And she was like, okay, I'm just gonna go look at this one shirt. And she had to call Peter and she was like, <laughs> She thought she was Kelly? playing. I was <laughs> a ghost. I was at home. Like, when I tell you I gotta get out of there and I gotta go, I gotta go. It yeah. rarely happens now, but the first time it happened, I was just as shocked as anybody was that knew me. That is, biz- it's not bizarre. It's, it's, I have those moments and, until you said that story, it just resonated with me to where like I spin up in my head, mm-hmm. like I'm pacing and I'm like, I will leave you zero to a hundred. Right. Like, okay. wow. Okay. So you were a good, so we, we, we bounced around a little bit. So I asked, were you a good patient? Right. So how did, how does it work when, you know, because you can both, empathize not sympathize Mm -hmm. and you know for me I never like being the person that is not giving like I don't know how to receive you know someone taking right and and so for you to to totally be able to relate what she's going through while she's helping you I mean I can't imagine like you know you're going through physical stuff and you're going through mental stuff but you know how that how did that impact you when you're like man I got to fucking get up and do my part. I mean, I know you said you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like pouring it into this cup and Mm -hmm. then like, all right, it's my turn. Fill me up. But at some point in time, there had to become some balance and some perspective enough. Cause you said, I didn't want to meet you guys in Mm -hmm. this time frame, but I didn't, I met you way over here. So I don't know the journey. So from your, from, you know, you being the patient and and watching Kelly go through that, knowing that, you know, well, he was right behind me. I'll give you the long and the short of well, it. Let me tell them before okay. that, you know, uh, when we first came um, back to the U.S., we were at uh, Nellis over here. Okay. Kelly was in the store, and she was telling me, you know, I got to get out of here and all this. And I'm like, uh-huh. hey, what the F is your problem? See, we look at it in two different ways. I'm going to look at it with uh, aggression and violence and where other people were treat. So I couldn't appreciate right. her point of view because I want to know what the F is wrong with you. 
this is before we know about PTSD. And I, I'm I'm jacked up. You know what I mean? I'm going to fight everybody. I'm not going to retreat. Yeah, yeah. But we, we just deal with it two different ways. And I, I wasn't always there for her until uh, I started understanding what she was going through a lot more. Okay, so you weren't to a point to realizing. I want to know what the F is wrong with her. My own wife. Oh. So I wasn't kind and I didn't have the compassion at first. We were cops, so we kind of spoke to each other. In but versus languages. it should have been like, what the fuck is wrong with me? For, well, for now, not, that's yeah. what he now asked himself. I was the last one to find out. <laughs> Something was wrong with me, too. <laughs> I thought it was just her problem. <laughs> but I don't think we know. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. We don't. I think yeah. you start um, watching your shit fall apart around mm-hmm. you. And then you're like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. But then, you know, let the right person ask the right question. That's or, all it is. Or say something at the wrong time or right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because I know I experienced that. You know, I, I, you know, when I was getting ready to. So what happened was uh, when I became Air Force Wounded Warrior, they said, "Hey, we noticed you stopped going to mental health." Mm. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, the doctor was a piece of shit." You know what I mean? I was like, he was worthless, and he actually because uh, I was going through a, um, a divorce. Probably talk at you. Well, he just said, "Why don't you go figure that out first, then come back?" He was like, "Because all you do is talk about that." And I was like, well, wow. I thought, aren't they kind of connected? You know right. what I mean? Maybe like this is falling apart. Really? If you do root Maybe cause that's analysis, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was, it was post Iraq. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so I stopped going. Wow. And this yeah. was the time that I was, uh, a, a social worker and family awareness center where we were advocating at reintegration for like, Hey, there's a stigma, but go to mental health, that's you right. know, go see an M flag. And, and, and then I go to mental health and I'm like, that's really what you tell me. Yeah. So I stopped going. So when I got here, um, they really, I became Air Force Wounded Warrior uh, right after Thunderbird 4 crashed. Mm. And we did the search and recovery, my team. And they were like, you know, I went to speak to the lady who kind of is the case manager. Mm. Little tiny, tiny lady. And here I am, you know, the big old jacked up chief in this small little office. Mm. And she just says like, hey, so um, I'm just really worried about you. And it just like like did it flow out? It of cracked. You? Oh. Yeah. Oh. And she said, You need she goes, You need to go back. Like, not I'm not recommending. She's like, You need to go back. And I did and I stayed with it. Um mm-hmm. and it, it it helped. I had a great doctor. He's only he's the only uh doctor I saw consistently mm-hmm. and always made my appointments and um and I'm very grateful for him. You know, I guess one of the things I never like is um, I'll see him in the gym sometimes and I don't quite feel so alpha. Because mm-hmm. he's seen him my most, most vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Um, but uh, so, okay. So you guys go you go through this, right? And I know there's, there's, there's steps. We hit rock bottom together. Okay. That was a plus, right? Probably because we've always been really good buddies. So I wind up in uh, the psych unit. Um, I was an alcoholic. I didn't know that. I, okay. You know, we could drink with the best of them. We were cops. That's what you do. You drink. Yeah. Um, but what happened was I, I went to, uh, I think I went to the ER and they were like, you know, do you want help? And I thought they meant, do you want help 
to, to get sober. Cause at that point I was starting to realize, mm. okay, this is not helping. You're like, bust that was, IV out. Right. Yeah. And I, and I was drinking because of the, <laughs> the chronic pain I was in for fibroids and, and also uh, pill abuse. They had given me um, mm. hydrocodone and it had took that to another level because of the drinking. Right. right. So um, I said, yes. And I was like, Oh, this is fantastic. But I had already been drinking. So needless to say, I woke up in the psych unit. Oh, like wow. what the, why am I in the psych unit? Is so what you I, go to the ER, say, and they say, do you want help? And I said, oh, God, and yes. you They meant, like, Thank we you. need to, like, admit you. Because you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is how they were looking at me. Like, wow, no okay. questions. There was no intake. There was nothing. And clearly I was out of it. So I'll, 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 I'll let that slide because maybe they couldn't get what they needed out of me. But right. um Usually they don't admit you into the psych unit unless you say you're going to harm yourself and you actually have to have a legit plan. Like you have to say, I've thought about taking right. these pills and I've thought about doing this. That was not the case, but it was the best thing that happened to me. I'm not complaining. So I was in there for five days. Um, I'm a great talker. I'm a great bullshitter. So it was easy to get out. Okay. <laughs> um, and at that point they just kind of medicated me because uh, I was, you know, had a little you get trembles when you go off of alcohol withdrawal yeah, yeah, you got and it. Um, they treated me for that. They really never talked to me about alcohol addiction or anything like that. That was just it. So I, I wanted to get out. I got out and I relapsed in like a couple of days. I went back in when I was back in there. I was, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, I knew I had to do something different, but I wasn't going to get it from them. They, I could clearly see it was all about medicine and stuff. And mm -hmm. again, not knocking the VA, they just had a lot going on. And right. to them, I was a number. It wasn't, you know, really me. And they didn't have right. a lot to, a time to spare for me either. So when I got out, um, things just got progressively bad. And, and I reached out finally. I, I reached my breaking point. And I called them and told them, you know, I need to get help, you know. Um, and they told me to wait till Monday. <laughs> and uh, I told Peter, and uh, we found somebody right down the street from us. It was Las Vegas Recovery Center. And luckily for me, I worked at the IRS. And okay. that's why a lot of it went on for so long, because I was a functioning alcoholic. I took care of my husband. I cooked. I cleaned. Right. You know, I had a job at the IRS, security clearance, you know, everything. So I was functioning. I thought I was okay. And uh, anyway, they were able to take me. And Peter dropped me off at Friday um, instead of Monday, because I would not have made it to Monday. I Got tried it. to withdraw off the pills myself. So I was 22 days sober from the pills. But what happens with um, any type of um, synthetic heroin or, or uh, opium, you right. get severely depressed because it messes with your sensories uh, okay. when, when you take it. So I was extremely depressed. So by when I hit the 22nd day, I said, well, maybe if I have a drink, it'll make me feel better. <laughs> Why I would think that, I have no idea because it's a depressant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go figure. So I drink, but of course, I couldn't get to where I needed to be to get back to, you know, right. feeling that feeling. So that's when I was like, I hit rock bottom. I was like, I need help. And they were like, well, wait till, you know, Monday and we'll be able to get you into somewhere. And so I uh, called Las Vegas Recovery Center. He took me in and they literally saved my life. And so I'll tell you a quick story. Um, like you said, you always the last to know. So they had they in there they have meetings because it's for addiction, right? Okay. And one of the reasons I never admitted that I had a problem was because I knew I was drinking for pain, and so I knew when I stopped drinking, 
the pain was going to be there. So that was a fear behind it. Because mentally, I knew I was addicted. And I okay. wanted to stop. But physically, my body would not let me. It would wow. not let me stop. But mentally, I was aware. That's too many pills. That's one too many. You might not wake up. Couldn't stop. So um, Reminds me of my weightlifting supplements. <laughs> right. Couldn't stop. <laughs> so we're sitting in a circle and all the people are sharing and they're like, hi, my name is Chrissy. You know, I'm an alcoholic, um, such and such and such and such. Hi, my name is Dave and I'm an addict, yada, yada, yada. So they're going around there and I'm listening to their stories. I'm just en enthralled. Like, and then it gets closer to me and I'm like, wait a minute. They're about to come around to me. What, are, what am I supposed to say? Right. Like, why am I even in this circle? And by the time they get to me, and they tell all their stories, and I realize I'm not alone, right? Yeah. And other people have experienced. I said, hi, I'm Kelly. I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and my whole life just changed. Yeah, and I, and I want to throw something in there, especially because the, the listeners, hopefully they will connect with this. And and I've come to find out, you know, when, when I do this, and I know you guys have seen this, it's like, you know, you can you can lay all the wisdom. You can lay all the lessons learned out there. And you put it out there and you put it out there and you just watch them sidestep it, dodge it, avoid it. And, 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 you know, and I want to make that connection because I experienced that for the first time when I was an Air Force wounded warrior that if you think you can navigate through these things with people who cannot relate. Ooh, say it again. You can't. You know what I mean? They, they will either, oh, hey, you'll be okay. No, you won't. This is your this is your new norm, and right. you learn how to manage through it, right? right? And I think that's what's important is because when you guys say get out the damn house, you're trying to get people out there, and they don't realize that there may be a connection, there may be a, a, a riddle solved, true. There may be a, a newfound love for riding the trikes. That's right. Um, shit, you may even get out there and ride on Las Vegas Boulevard and be on the news one, you know what I mean, one day. And 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 I looked at the little things of like, man, I never thought I'd be a podcaster. I'm not like, oh, I am. Mm -hmm. And then I never thought I'd hear the, the sound of my voice on a recording and say, ah, it's not so bad. I never thought I'd be at, remember, the first time I ever went to Craig Ranch Park was in to, meet, to meet you guys. Um, I'd never been there. And I've lived wow. there for three years. Um, and I think people don't understand that, you could probably, you know, it's like, it's like I, I did a post. I don't know if you remember it on uh, Leaderish. It was the idiot light in your car, you know, especially, and it was the low tire one. I didn't see that one. And uh, was it this? Maybe it was. Maybe it was this one or kicking it with KJ, one of the two. And I talked about how people will still see the light and keep on going and not do it. But they call it the idiot light because it's reactive now. Mm -hmm. You should be actively checking your tire pressure. You yeah. should be actively, right. proactively sure. doing things. But uh, see, so okay, so what, what was the point for? Well, that's later, but it, that's what, okay, right? That's what yeah. we learned about three or four years, pretty much into doing Forgotten Not Gone. Mm -hmm. We learned we had to proactively help veterans and be there for those veterans, not the ones that need crisis today. Well, we are. Um, I will say this at bay of getting stoned by some of my fellow vets, but I know they can handle it. Mm -hmm. We are a very needy mm -hmm. demographic and we are very, I don't want shit from you until I need it from you. And then Eat when up. I need it from you, and then when I, I want it. And, and, I'm and oh, by it. the way, it's, it's going to be 10 times harder to fix it now. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then I'm going to be frustrated why we can't fix it immediately. Right. 
I'm talking about myself too, guys. So so that's what I mean. Get out there with like-minded folks. And you wouldn't believe the the friends you might make. Like Jesse still talks about, and I don't remember his name, but I know he was the 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 army guy. That the first time we walked, um, he was wearing the uh, uh, was it Adam? No, Robert he said the Ward? army guy, older guy. Robert yeah, an older Ward? guy. Yeah, Robert. I, Ward? Oh, Robert. Yeah, it was Robert. It was yeah. Robert, right? Uh-huh. And Jesse was like, "Oh, I liked him. He was so cool." <laughs> Everybody loves him because his personality. Yeah, I t- I said I said, dude, I was like. But you will never meet these people if you just sit in your room playing video games. That's to get out the damn house. It's literally just a way to kick that door open right? so that you can go out. I don't care what it is you're doing. Like we're doing the walking now, the trikes, or you're learning about supplements where I just go on a tangent about probiotics and how good it's in your gut. Because that's my thing. That's what I love. Right. But you're going to meet somebody and they're going to, it's going to resonate, you know, and somebody's going to be open and transparent. And just like you said, Somebody might say something to you mm-hmm. or you might say something to them and it might peel a layer back. It's it, it's yep. an exchange of energy. And that's what people don't. Sometimes people can. It's not what they say. It's how they say it. Right. If it feels genuine, sometimes it can make you into a blubbering fool because yeah. sometimes people can say, hey, how you doing? And sometimes people can say, hey, how you doing? And you really feel it. And you're like, I'm a mess. No, you're you're right. There's something written in this is this is my leadership Bible, by the way, and I'd have to find it. But I wrote it down again somewhere else. And you'd be amazed at some of the best conversation I had in 2020 was with a complete stranger. Mm, that's me all day. A complete stranger, <laughs> um, because in in a lot of the professional development I went to, it will tell you that the people that are closest to you, um. They don't put in the effort to get to know you as you grow. Because they think they or know Or vice you. versa, right? And and it's really weird. It's there's statistically it's proven they're more prone to lie to you or take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean maliciously. You might be like, yeah, I'll get out there to Craig Ranch. And then you're like seven months later, you're like, bro, really? You couldn't come out and walk once with me? You know? And I'd even told Coach B behind here, you know, Coach B lost his father. You know, he's a disabled vet, retired Air Force guy. Um you know, he went home and his father passed. And I said, I said, you know, I really would like to see you more often when you get back. I'm like, that's the whole point of being friends. I said, guilty of that. So, so much. I realized I missed and maybe it's part of being married and you're not supposed to do it. I missed like my boy coming over and just walking in. What's up? Going in the fridge, getting Mm -hmm. some juice, just BSing, you know, and then whether they stay or leave or they say, Hey, I just need to take a ride down to wherever. Um, me and Lynn just went to uh, Echo and Rig, that the best French toast ever, and um, there was some there was some domestic tension. I mean, we have a, a large a house full of people, mm-hmm. and you know we will sit back as people and try to like, well, I don't know what you know, like you know during COVID there were people killing themselves, they were killing oh, their family members, yeah. and I'm like, like it was man, at height domestic, right? We did pretty good, right? But you know we have our moments. And we're trying to peel back the layers. Well, what could be the problem? I'm like, we don't get out of the house enough. Mm-hmm. Together. Together. I said, we don't do really a whole lot. I mean, and I do quite a bit. You know, I post everything. You know, I post everything. Like, if I'm in here picking my nose, I'm going to take a picture and post it. <laughs> um, but I told her, I said, you used to work. Instead, you know, during COVID, you're raising our, you know, our little baby. Right. You're staying in the room. I said, I live under the same roof with a wife and my mom. (laughs) So, you know, 
I'm like, we have to get out of the house more. And, and, and I don't understand. I don't think people understand the power of that. Get out the damn house. Even me, it didn't resonate as hard until this last weekend where I felt so refreshed with us getting out. The biggest mistake I had was we went and walked and I was wearing my chucks Oof. and my plantar fasciitis uh, destroy, has destroyed me the last two days. If that. you if you see me limping around, that's why. I, sh- I should have brought it. I got oh my gosh. It All is. natural. Really? It's, mm-hmm. I am so, it's so bad right now. Like, um, I've been rolling on ice bottle and stuff like oh, that. We could have hooked you up. No, it's okay. You hooked me up with these, uh, these drinks, which we should talk about in a little bit. We always do like a unsponsored sponsor, right? Oh, okay. Um, but will it, will it Peter or you or whoever wants to talk about these juices? But all right. So you were in the hospital. Well, we'll do Pete's next. Cause, cause then, then I can flow you forward. To okay. Not gone. Sorry well, about so that. what I want to say before Pete starts to the listeners Stop waiting around. There's people out there who've been through the shit, who've been through it, Mm -hmm. us, who have an open table, like to break bread and talk about what we've been through. But you got to leave your house. But you got to leave your house. You got to take action. invite us in. We will travel for veteran peer support. Yes, I know. Peter has reminded me several times. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, you tell me (laughs) when, We will come to you. And that's what they did, folks. They're here in the studio, right? So I'm sorry. Peter. But I got sober. Right. Um, a month into that, he well, the, right after I got out, I had to do inpatient. I wanted to do inpatient, but of course, um, couldn't afford it. And my Blue Cross Blue Shield that I had through the IRS, they paid for outpatient therapy and okay. I needed something to keep me consistent. So um, fortunately, that weekend, Las Vegas Recovery Center has something for families to help them understand what that next phase of the journey is going to be as a family member. So he went there and then um, I don't, he, he talked about it, how enlightening it was. And I think it made him recognize a few things that happened with him. And then a month later he wound up in the uh, psych unit and I'll let him tell his portion of that. Yeah. That was the time I had just got uh, let go from uh, Palms Casino. You know, I was a bar back over there and I started off as a porter, you know, the year before that picking them trash, doing a crappy job. Nobody wanted to do. So I had worked all this way up to, you know, getting a good spot to be a bar back now. And I had just got let go, but it was for physical conditions. You know, um, they had made me get reevaluated by uh, my doctor and the doctor, the orthopedic says, you know, I shouldn't be working there. But I kept having these physical challenges. I kept on dropping bottles. I wasn't drunk at work. It's just the mental challenges that I went through. Okay. So I'm, I'm suffering all these physical things that I just don't understand what's wrong with me physically. So I was depressed as hell at that time. And then uh, had a, a Marine vet uh, introduce me. You know, he had told me about going to uh, get some help, you know, and I uh, finally saw the VA and all that. But then it was his cousin, which is another Marine vet. He was the one that encouraged. He said, man, you need to get some help. And so I finally had the courage to go ahead and just, man, I go down. I went to the VA, talked to him a little too much, <laughs> told him the, the truth. And next thing you know, I'm in the hospital 11 days. No, that's. <laughs> in, the, in the psych unit. Yeah. 11 days. <laughs> Yeah, that was a horrible experience. I almost lost my freedom uh, in there. Cause so are you willing to share what those those truths were? Yeah. Right? But uh, how it was in there in the hospital? No, you no were what saying, you told them. You said that, I told them a little bit too much of the truth. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, and, and this is why it's important because you and I, all of us, fight the battle of 60% problem statement. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I love the transparency you guys have. And I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, I... I thought about killing myself all the time. You know what I mean? Um, 
did I ever say that, you know, when I was going to mental health, finally I got the courage to, and I'm just, I'm hoping someone will hear this and then be like, you know what? I need to be transparent, a hundred percent transparent to get a hundred percent solution. Yeah, that's right. And you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a challenge. Uh, just having that, uh, Marine, uh, tell me I should do it. It gave me enough courage to go ahead and accept it. But when I've told him that I just kept getting fired from, or let go from job to job the last, you know, few years, you know, even since leaving the military, I've never had a job over a a year. I've always been let go, but it's always been physical things. So I just felt worthless. And there was this time that I was just trying, this was like the last straw uh, working at the palms. It's like, man, I gave him all and it still ain't good enough. I'm physically damaged. No matter how many times I was like two fifteen at the time, you know, I got my swole on and all that in great shape. But physically and internally, I'm still damaged. And right. so uh, I finally told him the whole truth that I just uh, wanted to check out. And I was ready to check out at that time. I just got tired of trying at this point because it's been, what, uh, nine years of fighting this whole time, of trying to get it together. Right. And so the VA uh, checked me in, uh, you know, uh, into the hospital over there. And I started that uh that journey with them to, uh, to get better, but it was horrible inside the VA as well. You know, they had me all drugged up on these different psychotropics and all that. But part of the problem is I was suffering through, and I was throwing up blood. So at that time I was on an all parade diet. I had baby food prior to that, but I was literally eating baby food for a year. I couldn't used to eat blend f- his food. Was that ulcers? Like- um, he has a torn GI tract. Okay. It's a gastrointestinal. Tra- so it's from the muscle relaxers. They tear it. So st- ulcers, it stomach ulcers uh, in the stomach, and then when you're just tearing is torn, everything up, right? Right. Um, so he was on a parade diet, and so when you're in there, you you can choose what kind of food you are. But they was just giving him whatever food, and he mm. wasn't eating. And they said he was being rebellious for not eating, and he was telling them, "I can't eat this. My food needs to be parade." Um, because the texture, it won't go down. It'll, yeah, and it's it'll, just scrape. Right, just and then scratch. I'll throw up again. Um, and then he couldn't sleep because he was in so much pain because they wouldn't let him do physical therapy. They wouldn't let him do anything. Okay. Um, like, it was a routine with him. Okay. Just to have a quality of life. And so his back had spasm all the way up, and they were just giving him Ambien to put him to sleep. And the pain was so bad, he didn't even go to sleep on Ambien. He was wow. just up the entire yeah. 11 days. Well, nine days. So the yeah. ninth day, though, they end up giving me oh, yeah, uh, they helped you. a volume, and that was the first time my back, you know, actually uh, the the spasm, and I had sleep. But the, the trade off is his throat. The whole time, though, <sighs> when I'm in there and they see me suffering like this, so they come, you know, every thirty minutes to check your room. They never try to give me any help. You know, they were just really condemning. You know, it just uh, it was a horrible experience being in there and just everything mm-hmm. that I was suffering through. So. Um, that ninth day, uh, actually, even before that, too, I uh, almost got in a fight with the, uh, the actual uh, guy, the director that runs the place. Like okay. He was uh, talking to me sideways, and I literally lunged for him. I was about to take him out, and one of the, uh, the staff members, she stepped in front of her, but she just reminded me. It was a, you know older uh, woman, but she reminded me of my grandmother, and it just stopped me. But I yeah. was going there to, to, to knock him out. and uh, have He both. was huge. He was, think about... And him being had, 215 pounds. Yeah. And they had both the security guards. They called the code red in there. They security flying in there, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and I'm cussing this guy out. But I was just uh, really angry because I was in so much pain and I couldn't get the, the help that I needed. And I don't think a lot of times at that point gets across that there's a reason why we're angry sometimes. And sometimes it yeah. comes from a physical place. Mm-hmm. 
it's never going to get better for me. So how do I deal with it? And yeah. so that's what this whole experience has been about is I understand how it is to be forgotten. I understand how it is to be disregarded, disrespected, and just, you know, right. just left in the, in the dust. And so um, from that point of view uh, or that time after that ninth day, I finally got some sleep. And I was like, I'm getting the hell up out of here. Yeah. And so I just broke up out of there, told them whatever I needed to tell them to get out of there. And that was really the start of my journey. What I learned from that experience is that we're forgotten. They don't care at all. Whether I live or die, I'm just a piece of, you know, trash to just them. Just a number. But uh, fortunately, you know, coming to this point right now, we found some solutions over suicide. And so because I went through that horrible things that I really don't like to talk about, I can now be of service to veterans. And I never knew right. that I could do that, that there's life outside the military now. The things that I'm doing right now is above my understanding. I feel like my head's going to pop. But I never knew I could be in value <laughs> to people even like yourself. You know, you've accomplished so much in the military. There's a lot of people that we serve today that have bronze stars, uh, purple hearts, all these uh, accolades, accolades from the military, and they look at us in a positive light. And I can't, I never knew what they saw because I'm just depressed myself. But I'm actually now being of service, and because of my horrible story, it just allows them to relate a lot better. And I don't seem so condemning to them. Like when we say, get out the damn house, yeah. it's not to uh, criticize you, condemn, but to be encouraged, to inspire you to know that together we can move forward despite our physical uh, limitations. Well, I think, you know, I just had a um, great guy. He's only one of two Londons. Well, one of three Londons because my son is London now. So he, I, my last interview with London, and we were talking about uh, leadership. <clears throat> and this is what I'm going to go back to is people, anyone who served should be in awe of the fact that you're out serving. Cause literally, especially us enlisted guys, Sergeant means serve servant. Yeah. Right. Um, all of them should be in awe. I, you know, I still can't solve the, the, the riddle. Um, I can speculate. I think some of us serve honorably and then just they're like, look, I want, I just want nothing to do with it. You know, um, some, they, it's their calling, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, I'm still present. I'm still here. Um, who I'm serving. Sometimes we just don't know. Yeah. Um, but we come together collectively. And, and I want to say this cause I can relate to it. Um, I don't think people understand the grit it takes to wake up every day in pain mm -hmm. and still get out there and do the things that you do. Especially because, you know, like if you listen to my PTSD, uh, the ones I do by myself where I, I had to write it out, it, you know, I was, I had a lot of anger too. Those are probably my most three angriest <laughs> podcasts. And I said, I said, well, I said, I have PTSD, I have mental issues. And I said, I'm physically in pain every day. Yeah. And you say, you know me, but you clearly don't, or you can't handle me. Which is okay, too, because I don't need you around. You know what I mean? And, you know, like my wife, you know, she's awesome. She, she understands that. She's like, man, this guy will go from zero to a thousand. I mean, if in my retirement, they there was a reason why they called me Chief Hulk. <laughs> um, and because in, in, it may have brought people the wrong way. And I'm like, man, you don't understand the testament. Like, do you know what it takes to get up every day to be in this kind of pain and have your own mental problems, but all day long you're just dealing with other everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And 
that healed me. But then when you see someone, imagine, all right, you don't like to talk about some things, right? But how much when you see someone who's been down your path or they're going down the path, it provokes that feeling within you, you know, and then you have a passion even more so to want to fix it. And then it gets irritating when they don't want to listen. That's right. You're like, dude, do you, do you understand? I'm a walking billboard of su successful fucked upness. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I used to tell why I'm like, babe, yeah. I'm the richest poor guy you'll ever meet. He calls <laughs> you know? me a social antisocial. Right. <laughs> but they, and, and it's weird. And, and because, you know, you already, you're already dealing with all these things and you, you navigate through this where, you know, like literally one of my interviews I did, they were like, well, I thought you just did it because you still needed this kind of attention. Mm. I said, uh, missed the whole thing. They must not watch the show at all. I, I almost want to mute and say, do you know what my retirement d VA disability is? I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need, need to do to anything. Do right. I said, I don't need to do anything. I said, I love people. And I felt like God said, you're not done yet. You better say it again. Because you know that's I mean? what I felt like. Yeah. I felt like. When I when I kind of came through everything, that's forgotten. I gone should have never been in in reality. Right? How it happened? Because we we went from a one bedroom condo that we had been for four years after we lost a five bedroom house out in Henderson. We were in that place for four years. Right. Um, it was horrible when we took it over, and we just suffered in that place. Like just suffered. Right. Right. Fort. Yeah. And uh, when we got better, we went and we got, we went to a mid rise downtown. We moved to Soho Lofts. Um, you know, I still had my job because my, my yeah. boss thought it was courageous of me to ask for help. And she said, as you ask for help. And as long as you ask for help, I'll always be there. So she smoothed everything open where I just slid right back into my job and, you know, That's never nice. skipped a beat. And, um, you know, Peter, like I said, we hit rock bottom at the same time. He was learning from, you know, I would go to my, my, uh, AA meetings and I would come back and tell him, you know, you got to forgive yourself. You got to do this. And, right. you know, I journal, here's your journal, you know, whatever I learned, I would, you know, feed it to him. And then he was reading the Bible. And so when I would come home, he would feel horrible, but he would tell me everything that he learned. Like, I really learned I'm a piece of crap, yep. <laughs> um, you know, but, but I can't get better. <laughs> so we were just kind of, you know, feeding off each other and life was great for a while. Like it was really good. And then we started to feel like, Hmm. I don't know why, where, where is this uneasy feeling coming from? Because life is good. We live in a, we live in a place where people drive Bentleys. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. We should have felt great and we felt uneasy. And it was because we were saved for a purpose, mm -hmm. right? And now it's time to find out what that purpose was. He didn't just, you know, let us come back and have a great life just to say, Hey, look at me. You know, we really felt in and, and that mission service before self and integrity just kind of came out. And I said, you know, what if we could help veterans, you know, do like, we never knew that what forgotten I gone was going to be. Yeah. And we were like, what if we could help veterans avoid being separated for six months, 22 years, but we were separated for six months and it was not looking good. She abandoned post on me. KJ. Yeah. He said, I left abandoned post, abandoned post. <laughs> <laughs> but I came back. Um, but you know, we, we went through a lot and I said, what if we could help the next, you know, I think it was when I was like 34. What if we could help the next 34 year old, you know, not have a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth wife yeah, or, or husband, or, you know, what if we can really give back? And, and when we went to the war related illness clinic, they are the ones 
who let me know that, because I still didn't know that he was suicidal or that he had any inclination of no. that. I had a bigger A-bag. Yeah. Powered all that stuff in there. Those yeah. Well, right. He, yeah, he <laughs> had more. What happened was at the war-related clinic um, that the VA sent us to in uh, Palianto, they, they sent us there for a week. And whatever was wrong with him, he got to see a specialist. So he had MRIs for his bilateral knee damage, GI. back, GI. We found out his pineal gland was calcified. That's a whole nother story. Um, just all kinds of stuff. And so they put together like this huge book of what they thought would help him. Right. Mm. And they gave us a copy and they sent a copy to the VA. One of the things they said was a trike, a recumbent trike, I guess, specifically for it being a rehabilitative type of bike. Yeah. Um, They're super fun to ride. But when we were in the um, room with the mental health specialist, because he hadn't been diagnosed with PTSD or anything at that point, they just thought he was an angry mo. Another angry black man. Yeah. Um, He said, is she said, is there anything that, um, you want to talk about that, you know, she can't be in here for us. So I'm comfortable because I'm like, you know, it's like 14 years at that time. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. And he put his head down and he was like, yeah, I'd like her to leave. And I'm like, her? Looking around like, who? He was talking about you? Yeah, I'm like, who is he talking about her to leave? And so she was like, uh, ma'am. And I was like, oh, clutch my pearls. And what's going on? So I went outside. And so the whole time I'm out there, I'm thinking like, what could he not share? I mean, we're best friends. That's my buddy. I don't yeah. go to movies with girlfriends. I got a movie with my buddy. What is it? Yeah. And then they came out and she had like, I think four gun locks for each one of our guns. And she was like, here you go. Uh, you know, lock up the, and when she did that, I instantly, I knew, I knew. And I'm like, how can I be sleeping next to this person and not know that type of pain he was going through? Cause I knew the yeah. physical pain I could identify. Like you said, I could empathize cause I felt it, but I had no idea mentally how bad he was suffering. Well, I think we know, um, um, you know, I, I had interviewed Casey, you know, and, um, that was the first time now, now I've opened up a lot, but I think I got a little more in depth. Like we can sit here right now, cutting up, smiling, man, great interview. We're out here. We got purpose. We're serving. And by the time you get to the corner, <laughs> you can already be in that dark place. And, and people don't realize that, you know what I mean? Like, um, I tell folks all the time, I'm like, I'm like, you wouldn't believe if you were a fly on the wall in my brain, you know, how and, you talk to yourself, how I talk to myself and how maybe ungrateful I am for the life that I have, you know, and, and I, I self, I tell folks, I said, listen, no amount of money, no amount of, no amount of security you have. No matter. I said, if you have this, mm-hmm. you're never going to escape those thoughts Mm -hmm. i I never have escaped them they just are not as frequent Mm -hmm. um like i go to nellis i get sick to my stomach i've been told it's gonna take about three years i used to puke sometimes yeah it's it's weird i get so sick and i was like man i served for 28 years i Mm -hmm. love the air force love the people i love the people um but there's a lot of to me there's the, the the politics um The bureaucracies make me think there's a lot of sorry ass fake fuckers out there. Um, Because at the end of the day, you know, when I when I stayed in as long as I did. Right. And and it's always funny to me when I say, hey, I stayed in over 28 years. Peter's like, holy fuck. Really? Right. That's mind blowing. Institutionalized could be. No, no, absolutely was. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, And not necessarily any good or bad way. It, It was bad for me because. 
even when I was officially retired, had the blue ID card, I, I would get a phone call and I was waiting to be like, okay, am I in trouble or did I do something? Oh, but um, my all my boys had popped smoke a long time ago, right? And most are, are like, uh, you were, you know, a tech sergeant, ready to be a staff sergeant all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Tech sergeant, they had me capped out of tech. And then here I am, I'm a chief, right? And they're like, when are you going to retire, dude? Like, <laughs> you know, when are you going to retire? And I had written a paper years ago. And it had, at the time, the stat was 80% of military dependents would serve. Hmm. Right? So if you ever go, you, you go, we were all in the military. Oh, my mom and dad were in the Air Force. Oh, my mom and dad was in the Navy. Or yeah. we have a family of military, right? And a part of me was like, yeah, man, we're part of this. Um, the, I call it the pawn system. Mm, right mm-hmm. like, you know that the rich get richer the poor get poor or whatever like that and i'm like we're the recycled demographic that we're not quite we're not the social elites we're not even the wealthy but we make enough money to have a great life mm-hmm. just to really encourage my kids to join right yeah. and we keep cycling right so my dad did 24 years i did 28 years mm-hmm. right i watched my dad when he retired he wasn't shit to nobody hey i went through the gate with a blue id card and i wasn't shit and I was a chief, you know what I mean? They, they still call me chief, but it's it's kind of like, oh, yeah, all right, chief, have a good day. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and and I'm okay with not being nothing, but hindsight 2020 when you're like, man, I gave everything and lost so much of me for in, for what reason once, for, you, once you realize what? how much you lost right and i guess when it depend- you're serving you're serving i guess it depends on what the value is right because right. for most are like well you know when you joined i had someone say well when you joined what did you join for i was mm-hmm. like oh well i was like well i was a dummy so i didn't join for the education um but i got an education mm-hmm. i was like i joined for the young retirement right i mean for most of you us, were so young yeah, yeah I joined, you are young yeah i joined i was 17 um i traveled the world and here i am i got this pension right mm-hmm and they're like, okay, well, you got what you wanted. I was like, mm. 30 years ago when I joined, that was why I joined. You and got why a whole lot of what you didn't want. Right. I said, but everything you lose along the way, meaning when you lose yourself, um, that's not cool. Mm. You know, and it's real easy to say, well, you know, all the resources are here. I'm like, okay, we, we, we start to, you know, we, we, we live in a world of faulty logic sometimes as leaders like you know we forget that you know people are scared you know what i mean and people husband and wives i mean shit i'll go buy something i'm like damn i gotta tell lynn (laughs) you know what i mean you know we're humans you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and so they were like why do you stay in so long i said well 80 percent of dependents join i said you how many kids i got i said one of these yahoos might be my kid's chief Mm. And I said, you know what I don't want? I said, I don't want my son or daughter suffering in silence or mm-hmm. being a victim of sexual assault or mm-hmm. some other thing. And I raised garbage ass leaders. Mm. I was like, so that's why I'm still in, you know? And then when I knew my uh, temper, my abrasiveness uh, was too much. I had a chief, my chief, when I made chief was like, if you're not having fun no more, go. Get out. You won't be a good chief. And it was time. Um, and so... I, I think our listeners, if there was a theme between a lot of us, was there was not a whole lot of self-care and confidence in communicating to the helping agencies in our younger selves, 
right? Because when I retired, I said, I said, get rid of the service before self crap. I was like, some of us really take that to heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and hey, I needed to volunteer to deploy. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. Well, you're going to miss Christmas with your kids again. That's okay. Yeah. It's just a year. How many times did you say that it, deployment? It's just six months, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't we we are the unique, and then I think that's why I hold us to a higher standard. I don't want people who served to act like the people who didn't serve. I won't. That's the 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 thing about it, KJ. Like, I won't tolerate it. Like, there's some things. Like, I tell my husband sometimes, treat me like you would treat a veteran, because he still has higher expectations for me, right. being his wife. And and his his friend, what? Because he he seen me come from, like he'll, right. he used to say so much. I can't believe you still go to these meetings. I can't believe you, you know, you haven't had a drink and it's going to be nine years. Like I it, it just I admire you so much, and that blows my mind that he would even say that. But then something will happen where I I, I don't want to get out the bed, or I'm in pain and I can't move, you know. And and I would tell him, why don't you have a little compassion for me? Like you, nope, because we got to be there for them. You know, and I respect that, but so, I get it though too because I'm the same way. I will let a lot of things slide with civilians that I will not let a veteran give me that same answer as mm. to why they're not doing it because I do hold them to a different standard. Yeah. Like as much as I lost of myself and things that I'm not proud of that have happened or that I never wanted to happen, I would never trade being in the air force for those six and a half years. Right. The good, the bad, the ugly. I would not, I would not trade it for anything. I mean, I got him, I got, you know, so, so much of it came out for good. And I'm a sucker for service before self. It's all like when you said, you feel like we're, we're there for you. And, and I almost feel selfish because it gives me such gratification because I was born like I'm a, I'm a nurturer by nature. Right. So I I like to cook food and watch you eat it. Say, is it good? Do you yeah. like it? Like explain the morsel to me. So let me let me <laughs> let me let me throw this little grenade in there, right? Right. So when when I did one of my uh it was for self-healing, really. It was for me to purge negative thoughts out of my and I and I'd said I would not do negative uh podcasts. It was more like a vlog. Um and I didn't. Mm-hmm. But what I'd said one of them, I said, uh what heals me is what often hurts me, right? So think about yep. it. Yep. You you sacrifice I could lay it in bed today. I'm in pain. Nope. We're here for them. Right? And then you get these these maybes. I'm going to show up to the park, blah, blah, blah. Show up. Nobody. Yeah. Right? How do you navigate? So I know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm putting, I'm going to tell you how I navigate it. <laughs> It's not good. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, these sorry motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's my time. You know what I mean? And, and then it, it, what, what bothers me more is I wish I could just be like, hey, it is what it is. I can't. I spiral like you might, well, we're at now. you might as well see an aircraft carrier crash right into the pier at full speed. So you'll get there then. Just just have that, that as yeah. a lot. Because we used to be like ballistic. Like our bikes, some of them are $15,000 a piece. And yeah. we're like, why do I have to beg? Oh, this is like, is this, this going veteran. to the, me- the mechanic? Well, no, no, not, not even the mechanic. It's, why do I have to beg this veteran to come ride this $15,000 bike? Like I'm coaxing you to, it's a $15,000 bike. For free, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And I got to beg you. Meanwhile, I'm driving down Las Vegas Boulevard and people are stopping me. Can we rent those? Can we pay? And I provide these free of charge for veterans and their families. And yeah. I got people wanting to pay, you know, $100 for an hour, a pop, you know, just trying to, you know, get in. But I'm not going to risk the bike being broken for when you eventually do want to get yeah. out the damn house. I want it to be available for you. So we never, you know, ever took that avenue. Well, there's all, those are also the same ones, though, that'll say no one's ever been there for them. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. That's what we're starting to get past that point right now. We just realize this message is not for everybody. I mean, it should be and all that, but we're all in our darkness. So yeah. we just give people the time to, you know, come around like us. You know, I've been out the military now 18 years. I just feel like my life is just now getting together. So sometimes yeah. when those veterans don't or they're not able to receive that message, I'm hopeful that in the future that maybe they can progress in their life or work through what they need to or get the hand up sure. to then circle back. But it's a difficult thing. And, I, you know, I feel your pain, what you're going through. Uh, we're just on the other side of that, you know, and now we just yeah. we become stigma free. You just don't worry about it. You don't show up. That's your problem. Yeah. Now you're good. We used yeah. to say we would help every veteran, and then we realized I'm going to help the veteran who wants help. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only part. Nobody could have told me when I was deep in, in in being an alcoholic, you need to have just one drink first off, or you know you're drinking too much. You need to get help, which it probably would have resonated, but I wasn't ready. There's yeah. nothing you can do to make me pull the trigger. Right. To 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 get help until I'm ready to get help until I hit whatever bottom there is, even if I don't have to hit bottom when I'm ready, that's when I'll make the decision. So for the veterans who are making the decision to live another day, we wanted to be present yeah. and ready for them to take that next step, because that was really the question. We had made a decision that we were going to live. Now, the, right. the hardest part about that was, OK, how are we going to live now? Like. Well, you had what you had to shift entail? from being those trikes, leading a, a squad of trikes mm -hmm. to being more of a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know what I mean? Towards like, look, we're going to be here. The light's going to be there, that's and that right. and that's where I had to pivot. Um, I was like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? You, you're coming from a leadership position where, let's be honest, you're obligated to lead, mm -hmm. and they're obligated to f somewhat follow. That's not. You don't really know if you're leading or inspiring when you're the chief. I, I said it was easier when I was an airman to know if I was leading because if someone listened to me with no stripes, I was like, you I must know. be, I must be doing something good, right? Right. Yeah. But as a chief, I can be like, yeah, we're gonna go do that. All right, chief. See, they're they're following me, <laughs> right? Right. You don't know. <laughs> and I said, you know, I went through all the transition. I was like, wait a minute, I have to just be present and available. That's right. That's it. And I said, maybe one day I'm in, I'm on this, this rough waters months go by nothing. But then one day a cruise ship with 3000 passengers needs it. That's, that's right. it. Yep. And that's the answer to your question. That's how we feel. Like the last walk we did at Craig ranch, we told people, this is going to be our last time here. We're going to different places and stuff like that. And it was just me and him. But what gets us through it. I, I mean, I, and I, you say that reluctantly because it doesn't even register anymore. We know how good we feel yeah. when it's over. Because when we walk, it, it became this thing where it was like husband and wife time. We got to kick around ideas for Forgotten Not Gone and what we wanted, you know, out of our private lives. It just became so much more than just taking a walk. You know, Friday yeah. we did 10 miles and we had never done 10 miles before. Ooh, yeah. And so. we went grocery shopping and he had a backpack like on his, he couldn't even put his shirt on the other day. I had to dress him, help him bathe because his arm hurt. And people see us walking oh, 10 miles. 
No, no he already tear. has a, sh- a tear in his arm. Oh, me and you both. Your yeah. right shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, it your right one? Uh huh. Yeah. Since and August. we've been arguing with the the VA for eight months about oh. that. That's an off. Really? An an off one. Uh, Come on, that. VA. But do better. It was amazing. So he motivates me, and we felt so much better afterwards. We're like, man, we could brag all day now. We were only bragging to each other. But it was still, you know, how you feel when you do a ruck march yeah. for 20 miles the first time with all your gear on. And you're like, yeah. This is, this is the, the force multiplier you guys got, though, is that regardless, you get to be together. True. See, when I do this stuff, Lynn will support me from afar, <laughs> right? Well, she is, what, eight month old? He's oh, nine months he? now. Nine? Yeah, and he's the number six kid. Oh, wow. So, um... But she, like, when I get into the interview, like, she won't let me interview her yet. Um, the only time she did a video with me, with me is when I let her make me into a female. Like, she did my makeup, put why. lashes on. It was So what it was is I did a podcast, and we decided that I wanted to be a podcaster. <laughs> and we had a little scenario, right? And, I, and, I, and I've let this one go um, where... The people who are allowing me to use their studio, I, I think I've told you the story on the walk. All of a sudden, you know, it became free to fee, you know, after it was promised, you know, no, we want you to be free, we blah, blah, that. blah, yeah. X, Y, and Z. Um, and so we had to make a decision. Um, well, I'm the type of guy who buys a lot of shit and never uses it. <laughs> right. And so I'd bought a GoPro like on Black Friday in 2000. Seven, 16 and I never used it until 2020 <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Lord. you throw right. that away I know yeah. well so that's you how we did we did <laughs> right it was a GoPro 5 right oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah I don't even want to look at that photo uh, right so well, guess what though she's like well you have this camera here and so when I was doing my self study you know as you guys know you have to keep going you have to keep being present like you people they, they say you know the the psychology behind it is like you know you can't be like indirect fire you always have to be consistent regardless be who shows because then people are like oh you're serious and so i said but i don't have a studio to do a podcast no more and so she's like well you i was like well let's just do this this makeup thing i said one it's we get to do something together and it might be fun. And people liked it. Um, it. It's absolutely terrible, like, as far as, like, the quality and the sound. And I tried to throw music in. And it's just bad altogether, right? As far as it's great, but it's, it's I mean, in comparison to what I've learned in less than a year, right? Um, but she will support me on certain things. She did a Negril time um, where it just, we were supposed to do one, so we grade up leftovers and she'll make egg rolls out of them so the first one she just went to mcdonald's got his a value meal big mac value meal grated it up and she made egg rolls and made the kids taste it and stuff like that so it's brought us together um to do a lot of family stuff mm-hmm. but so when it comes to her color street business stuff and what i do with this which by the way i i am officially llc today hallelujah oh, nice. congratulations for this Good brand job, i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do with it <laughs> but um i honestly my my world probably it's a PTSD thing. Maybe you went through this. Like I was like, yep, 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 yep. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get this. I hired my friend who's a lawyer. Cause, um, I was reading through all the application. I was like, I don't got time for this shit. Mm-hmm. So I hired her. She got it all. Uh, Brandy, love you. Thank you. Um, and 
she sends, she's like, congratulations, here's a to-do list. You know, I recommend you do these things. Like, don't mix your personal banking with, you know, the right. business yep. and this and this and this. And then I sat here looking at all the stuff and I was like, oh. well, I just felt so deflated. Like, not deflated. Like so much. I felt discouraged. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and at first I was like, I wanted this to become like multimedia. I, I envisioned me in a building where I have a couple places people can podcast and maybe a studio or Lena wants to open a restaurant to where there's a restaurant and then a stage or there's glass where you can podcast and people eating. Well, yeah. you guys are ahead. We didn't start thinking big until like we just got big by accident. Like we didn't start like planning stuff like wanting yeah. to have a healing and wellness facility and all that stuff to like four or five years in. We were just like amazing. How many bikes we got? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I don't want, I love my job, so I don't ever plan to quit it. That's my dilemma is I tried to build this and hopefully my, was hoping my two oldest sons would take it over, but it's, that's just something I've just let go of the idea. You might meet someone um, and mentor them and you just don't know. That's, that's true too. You might meet someone and it might be exactly what they need when they need it and they might take it over. Yeah, so, I think uh, sometimes, um, you know, you get frustrated with what you're doing, but you just got out the military. You're doing phenomenal. Yeah. That's yeah, what you're doing. This, this podcast <laughs> and everything, yeah. you may not see it, but right now you're not doped up on a lifetime supply of psychotropics and sitting in your house. Being engaged is yeah. the best thing you could possibly That's do. That's true. If yeah. we had to try to get out the but damn house like immediately this, afterwards. This is giving you a purpose right now. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing about it is you're avoiding a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're just, you're fresh out the military. What are you going to do five years from now? It'll it, it blow your mind. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why it's like you just got to keep pushing your content out. You know, it doesn't matter. Every week you're doing a show, I would encourage you just keep doing it. Don't worry about the money, the sponsors, the building, who's ever willing to show up over here. You just keep putting on podcasts out. You're going to do something phenomenal. But you are why we do what we do. We want veterans to stop getting out the military, floundering all these years, separating from their families. Having the, a breakdown. All that doom and gloom stuff. By having something that right. gives them passion, what you're doing right now is incredible. You're avoiding all that doom and gloom stuff. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, and that's I think that's the things that we don't realize. Yeah, so mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'm doing something that, that I feel like gives me purpose. And like when I invite you, I'm like, man, I was like, people need to know, right? And you literally are just like, yeah, but you're exactly why we do what we do. Exactly. That's right. And you don't realize you're. That's why we showed up all those times of uh, walking. And even when people uh, left us hanging, we, we met you. We met your family. We got excited but, when Chris yeah. said he was, bring, yeah, I got this guy. He's just got out the military. And we were like, all right. Yeah. yeah. We met a guy five days out of the military, uh, West Point graduate. And, uh, he, we talked to him about a trike. Changed his life. Or what he says. I can't believe yeah, that. that's what he said. Yeah. Five, five, five days out of the military, we met him. We were accepting uh, a check. check at uh, VA Rep. Yeah, VA, yeah, VA Rep. Rep, which is a, uh, an organization that helps uh, of realtors that are veterans that okay. yeah, help you purchase houses and all that kind of stuff, like real estate. Hmm. And then they do um, different good things in the community and stuff like that. But we met him at one of their meetings, and he liked the idea of a trike. We gave him all our information, and he researched it. He wind up, did he get that trike through the VA? Yeah, he's got two trikes through the VA, and he bought it's got like three trikes now. But that's the whole point in reaching right. these guys. And it's his you, outlet. Yeah, it's avoidance. We want you to avoid all that. But if we also now can give you the understanding is your family is important. 
Yeah. You know, and the more that you can keep the peace in your household and have activities where you guys can communicate, you'll deal with the PTSD. Right. You'll deal with the self-limiting belief systems and all that, but it's through your family. That's your core support. Yeah, that's what no it's all about. No matter what. And Veteran a, peer yeah. support is important. A psych pill can't teach you that. Nope. And that's all the, uh, the VA or these different hospitals want to give you right now. Well, you got PTSD? Here goes a lifetime uh, supply of pills. Oh, you got some pain? Here goes a lifetime supply of narcotics. Instead of teaching you, right. hey, let's help you and your family communicate better. Let's open up the lines of communication so you guys can figure it out better. And that's what I've been able to do with my own depression. By my wife understanding the pain I'm suffering through, we can learn boundaries. I can learn not to be so charged up as well because of this, right. she's given me that compassion. And that's why we love uh, meeting people like yourself. Right. Let's let's change the channel real quick on something because there was something significant you shared with me when we first met. And it, it, it goes along with not giving up, right? So you were the first person to have a decision reversed when it came to your disability, correct? Did I, did I remember that right? Did I say the, that right? Uh, the personal disability re review board. Okay. So when you get uh, separated from any branch of service, you have an ability to um, go to the personal disability review board and um, they can either give you the retirement or tell you to go to hell. Which they did tell me to go to hell. <laughs> but as I tell them, we, we serve a guy that's never died. And so he's still living and breathing and uh, gave us the victory this uh, February. So now I'm officially, you know, a retired Air Force uh, veteran 18 uh, years later. You skipped the whole thing, baby. Uh, I was getting straight to the point. Oh, so it, <laughs> the, the lawyer that helped us. Um, the is it, uh, yeah, NL, NLSP. The yeah. National Veteran Legal Service Program out of D.C. You know, the VA probably around 2012, they sent some information to uh, my house um, when we were still in that one-bedroom place. And uh, they said that there's a new Wounded Warrior Act uh, that came out uh, from 2007. And that if you, uh, between 2001 and 2007, if you were medically uh, separated and you got less than 30%, you can have your you know, your uh, discharge uh, looked at again. And so I uh, didn't do anything about it. In 2013, uh, the VA sent more paperwork again about the same program. Didn't do anything about it. Then I was at the VA hospital and they asked me about it. And I said, well, let me, let me figure it out. And so then I actually did the paperwork then. And when I was going through how to do the paperwork, right. I found on uh, online about the National Veteran Legal Service Program. And they said they had a 97% uh, success rate that if they accept your case, that you have the, the potential to have your uh, your uh, discharge, you know, uh, upgraded. And so I, I went through that process. 2013, they submitted my records, uh, requested that. Um, 2014, they actually accepted my case. So I was excited. I said, wow, you know, got a, a good chance of, you know, uh, getting a fair shot at this time. Okay. And so um, 2000, I want to say 16, 17, uh, Went to the Personal Disability Review Board. They told me to go to hell. We're not going to change anything. But I look at the reasons why they even told me that. Like, they didn't realize I did security forces. So it's like the reason why I got hurt and all my genesis, my pain was from that, not from the admin work I was doing when I got medically separated. They based it off of So that. they just pencil whipped it, you know, tell me to go to hell. And so, um, you know, at that time we had started 2000, uh, 2013 for God Not Gone. And, um, when the lawyer called me that and told me that, hey, Pete, we got the, the bad news. We weren't successful. And I said, oh, yeah, I appreciate you just trying, you know. But as I told you, you know, we had started that forgotten, not gone. I know they don't care. We're forgotten. Nobody cares. 
and it just rubbed him the wrong way. He just, it was like he couldn't you believe. Almost I, like, you almost threw fuel on the, his fire. He couldn't yeah, let it go. because I was so positive that. I accept that I'm forgotten yeah. and that nobody gives a damn. And then I, he said how healthy he was yeah, helping because veterans. I'm serving <laughs> veterans all day long, so I can deal with it. It's like, we, we found a purpose. We're good. Yeah, and then um, I want to say 2018 or something or 17, he, he ended up uh, calling. He says, you know, um, we want to do a, uh, a case study in a class action lawsuit. We want to use you as um, this case to be able to um, – you know, bring change. And so I say, hey, whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've already moved on my life, but, uh, I signed the paperwork for him to do it. And then it was like 18 uh, months later, they ended up calling me back. It was like August, 2019 or something like that. And they said that, um, I ended up winning the case. And so, uh, well, actually before there was another step, I ended up winning the federal uh, lawsuit. So they had to push it back to the personal disability review board and then from we there, really I did. they overturned it. Mm -hmm. And so now I became officially retired. And that was uh, last August when I won the decision. February 2020 is when uh, I got a new DD-214. And I'm still waiting on my blue card ID. <laughs> and what's next? So they're still dragging their feet on there. How come you don't got your blue? Is it because of COVID? Yeah, yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. You haven't been up, go on the base. And they say the passing ID, you know, has been shut down for retiree IDs. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, so what happened is that um, when COVID hit, DMDC across, I mean, DOD-wide, they, like, if you had an ID card and it expired, it was good. Yeah. Right. Um, the only exceptions were, were like, uh, like me, because I had the, the cat card, mm. and they're like, yeah, because you're retired now, we want you out, because it, the, the TRICARE changes, like, there's, right. there's certain things, but, like, they wouldn't give my family new ones. ids yeah mm -hmm. they said nope they said uh dmdc has said nope um you have to wait till and i'm like what's COVID? you know what i mean i'm like what's because what, we like, really didn't just, know that yeah. yeah i mean i don't know maybe it's changed by now um but uh if you get down the road and you need some help you know since i was the fss chief and that's fss let me know I'll see if I can help out. Okay. Trust me, once you retire, you're almost pretty much a nobody too. Yeah. They're like, yeah. yeah, you're not the chief no more. Get in line, buddy. Yeah. We probably you know, know I mean? more by our vehicles than, you know, serving in the military <laughs> or serving at Nellis. Cause I knew people, I would know people at the gate for the longest, you know, from being a cop. And then they just started to, new you faces. know, be new, fresh faces. So. Yeah. But everybody that still happens. knows that car. They're like, Hey, you guys still, yeah, I see it. You and you guys hanging out in there. I see the shark teeth. And you guys just recently had it rewrapped, right? Is that the same place you told me to go take the truck? Yeah, GG uh, Works um, here in town. They wrapped our truck and a few of our vehicles already. And years ago, they donated, um, you know, uh, a wrapped uh, for Veterans Day. They wrapped a couple of our uh, recumbent trucks. Yeah, yeah, that's well. Shoot, they already have your your design. The yeah. teeth and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I always wished I had a, a vehicle that I could get wrapped that looked like the like the old school, like an old school tank or like a mm -hmm. A10, mm -hmm. right? Um, that'd be sweet, but we'll see. I gotta uh, tow. I gotta tow that Honda to California this week. So let's see if I make it back alive <laughs> towing that far. <laughs> but that uh, uh, National Veteran Legal Service Program is, is a great uh, program. Just going back to that is. Uh, civilians so they want to know how they could be of service so there's a lot of people that have a lot of skill set like lawyers you it can really change 
the difference in a veteran's life. You know, right. I talked to my face was blue to try to get justice on my own. The VA and the military truly forgot about me. It's all in the medical records, my physical the disabilities and all that. Right. But they have the power to lie and deny to not give you what you deserve to have. And so it wasn't until that team of lawyers uh, was able to put those that paperwork together and get me the the justice. But think about what I've been doing, KJ, the last 18 years. I've been throwing up blood. I've been in and out the hospital. Couldn't I mean, it was job. a horrible thing. And that's yeah. where the depression, and that's what they don't get uh, when they want to talk about mental health. I'm physically hurting is why I'm having these challenges. So I can't right. always just act the way that you want me to act. And that's why our program with Forgotten Not Gone is so special because we already have that understanding that certain veterans are not always going to be, you know, uh, able to respond the way that we may want to. But right. we can choose the way that we treat those people with some respect, some more understanding, even though if I don't understand everything. And that's right. what it's a, it's a joy to do right now, just be there in a matter for those veterans that uh, a way that was never um, or a level of respect that I never received. We were able to meet that lawyer, too. They did like a little documentary of our case and like two other cases. Yeah, you could plug that in there. It's on our YouTube and you could. uh, But yeah, he was literally in tears when we met him. Yeah. Like it just did something for him. Like he's when we told him we were done and he was like, no, you're not done. Yeah, I I I know. I don't even want to say I think I know there was a large contingent out there who has who holds vets in very high regard because their family served. Mm -hmm. And usually that's always the connection, though. Um, or they know someone or they know someone but there has to be a there's this vested connection for some reason right and there is a large and i i I just i've said it before i'll say it again i think there's a large demographics out there who want to say they take care of the veterans so used to um so people will go do business in their establishments Mm -hmm. um you know i used to i used to laugh right i did like and i'm not knocking mgm and stuff like that you know but i know like you know when i went to get the the special card Mm -hmm. because i'm a veteran right and i'm like woo free parking (laughs) woo you know i'm like i'm like man how about a coupon book like once a quarter that how about a job you know (laughs) how about a concierge job where you can make like a hundred grand something like that well i you know i have that mentality too i've had that discussion and um and one of the things that, you know, I found when I was transitioning out was like, well, that's really awesome that, you know, these these senior leaders roll right into these CEO jobs and COO jobs. Yeah. And I'm like, what's your retirement already as a as a general or a mm-hmm. colonel? And I was like, and then I go to tap and I see my peers, these master sergeants or these tech sergeants. And it's like Hunger Games. And I said, you know, the best right. part is I said, someone's going to hire you for your work ethic, knowing what you come with, and they're going to underpay you. Yeah. And, and no, they can yeah and and the thing is is like you know it, it's why i was blessed i mean I, I was very fortunate you know what i mean uh to uh be accepted into leadership las vegas as an alumni during a covid year mm-hmm. the year i'm retiring and so i i was i was very blessed i mean i rolled right into a a, a fairly good job you know because you're you're getting you're meeting all these people and these connections you know right. but i was like chris chris helped me huge with my dad you know what I mean? And it's unfortunate because, like I said, when I was having problems with the VA for my dad for the HISA grant, we had to get a senator involved. Yeah. Wow. You know, once yeah, the senator got involved, all of a sudden everything moved smooth. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, and I'm not I'm not knocking the VA at all. What I'm saying is, is that I also I understand in large organizations, you have people who are supposed to be the shakers and movers and make things happen. 
And it's much easier to just say no. Correct. Versus go outside, uh, think outside the box and say, I'm going to figure this one out. Like mm-hmm. that lawyer took it personal. Yeah, he did. He was offended. He did. You know what happened? But he and, saw the things that we had been doing over the the years. You he know, looked at the. I think the Peter gave him the website and um, maybe like Facebook. We saw and the that's, videos. Yeah, and right. that's when he was like, uh, "I'm not letting this go." Well, I mean, he made a point of saying that because we were done. But do do you take it personal? I mean, think about it. Do you take it personal that you know you have peers out? That's why you do what you do. Absolutely. It, it, you have. I think that's what it is. You have to take it personal. To have the passion. Yeah, I feel for every mom who loses a son or a daughter, for a a, a wife who loses a husband, for a husband who loses a wife, for kids who lose a father, a mother, an uncle. I I mean, I take it, and and doing it for so long, it's that one that hits home. I had a friend in college, my girlfriend, and she dated this guy for the longest and I had no idea he had even went in the military. Mm-hmm. And how I found out he went into the military was he um, took his life and uh, left behind a wife and two little girls. And again, we haven't talked. Me and his girl, his girlfriend at the time, which was my college roommate, we stayed in touch. We're your kid, you know, been friends since kids, parochial school. And uh, she showed me a picture of those little girls. And I had been doing it. It was 2015, 2016, something like that. And uh, so I've been doing it for three, four years. And when I saw their faces, that's when it clicked for me. So you, I can't, I can't even be mean to some people who it just doesn't it resonate for them. Yeah. Right. Before my father died of cancer, I wasn't doing Susie G Coleman walks. I wasn't getting petitions, getting right. my friends to sponsor me for walks so I could raise money for cancer. My dad died of cancer. Oh, it popped up on my radar. Same thing with, you know, suicide and with veteran needs and stuff like that. It's just they're not bad people. But if I got an autistic son, I'm all for, you know, autistic Autism. awareness. Then, yeah. you know, then what's going on with the veteran if there's no veteran in my life? So when I saw their little faces, that's kind of, it, it, it kind of hit home twice. I understood yeah. the, um, which has always been my claim to fame to be able to put myself in other people's shoes, which helps me get to empathy, empathy faster, right? right? Being able to see it from somebody else's point of view, whether it's your point of view or not, that's what, yeah. you know, helps you connect with, with humans and seeing them. I saw how they felt. And then I realized, Oh, was it not that it wasn't important to me to that point, but how much more it was important when I saw their faces and it was someone that I right. knew that was close to me at one point in time in life. So kind of let a lot of people off the hook and uh, gave me a newfound respect for, you know, practicing what you preach. Yeah, I think uh, too, we had to encourage our community to care. We call it a forgotten, not gone, but we're giving you reasons now why you should care, why you should reconsider right. the way you feel about our community as you see my progress going from the doom and doom, uh, doom and gloom conversation to now living a life stigma free with F and G, you know, <laughs> this is why you should want to give a veteran a hand up. I may disappoint you right now. I may not have the right words or speak your queen's right. English so uh, perfectly, but with your hand up, I can evolve and I right. can do something special with our community. My own cousin uh, here, my, uh, my uncle's a, a Navy vet, but his son, my cousin, you know, took his own life, uh, 2015 as well, around that time over here, right behind the Rio uh, Hospital. Used my grandfather's gun, uh, took it out his safe, and went over there and took his life. And I feel, that's why I always feel powerless. It's like, if I can't help my own family, 
you know, how am I going to talk you off the ledge over here? Right. And that's why we got to be so proactive. And that's why I want to do uh, more of an inspiration to our community that know that once I get my life together, I can help you out as well. You don't have to be ashamed just because you're not a veteran or we won't talk to you at all. We're healing our community together. Right. And if we're healing our community, that's why you should reconsider the way that you feel about our veterans. Yeah, I think that was um, that's something that we overlook is there's a huge and that when I got to be part of leadership, there's so many people have no idea what happens behind that gate. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of us who are very safe in this little world behind the gate. Mm hmm. You know, and, and I'm not going back to my younger days because, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I'd go anywhere, everywhere, overseas. If you told me not to go there, that's definitely where I'm going. Right, check it I'm out. Going. Right. And, you know, and we also have this new world called social media. Right. I mean, I've corresponded more with you guys more on social media than I have in person. Mm-hmm. We won't um, hold that against you. Shit. <laughs> hey, Listen. I'll show you my text right now. I correspond with my damn kids more on text than in person. <laughs> and they're right just there. upstairs. Right, right. <laughs> right. And um and we we're battling that. But you would think, you know, this platform is a better leverage because this caters to social media. Right. Right. Versus what you're talking about, get out of the house. Um we live in weird times now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I mean, almost like I just need to set up I need to get a camera set up on a trike. And do like my own interview. There you go. While I'm writing, yeah. you know what I mean. And then you have Live like this. It. You have this hybrid, right? Well, first I got to get you know some of my 500 billion gajillion friends to actually subscribe to my channel so I can actually go live on YouTube. You know, I, I'm that's the metric I want to put out there. Is like, okay, I got 350 subscribers, but I've got 2,000 friends. So-called friends. Friends, <laughs> right? And, you know, and, and I, and then, you know, you get torn on the, you know, this is the phase you guys are out of. I'm like, okay, you know, every, every new year's there's the, uh, I'm cleansing and purging my friends list and blah, blah, blah. And one of the funny things I, so, so I started to post it and I just deleted it. I was like, okay, it's too, <laughs> oh, no, not it's one only, of those. well, no, I think this is a good argument. Right. And if anyone's out there listening, you know, I'm right. You guys <laughs> People were posting the top nine liked pictures of 2020. There was, you know, oh, every year, okay. right? It was the, it was nine pictures and these are the top nine. Kevin James was like, I don't fucking care. I was like, I want the top nine motherfuckers who didn't even acknowledge me on social media. Like I had a birthday, I had veterans day, I had an anniversary. <laughs> I had a birth of a kid. I want to know who, those folks are mm-hmm. the ones that are on my social media platform and you don't ever, ever Comment say shit me. to me mm-hmm. and you're active. Meaning why does social media not highlight the people who are not actively involved, but they're present mm. because we in the military, like for instance, why are you wearing outfits that say FNG, right? That almost match. It's uniformity. It knows that we're together. FNG. We're together, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's people, it's human nature. It's part of Maslow to know that you are part of a community. You have a sense of belonging, right? True. So I want to know how many of you sorry motherfuckers are on my Facebook page that are not really down for me. Because if you were, and I'm not talking about anybody in my chain of command. I mean, but I mean like the people, okay, the algorithm, 
Yeah. Uh, the algorithm means that you do not acknowledge my stuff ever, which is why Facebook doesn't show it to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what I'm just curious about because I said that um, I was going to post that saying, it's not that I hate you <laughs> and it's not that I won't go out of my way for you, but human nature for me is like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And if you're down for me and something is free, like what what's the beef in hitting subscribe? Like you literally are actively posting 13 things a second on Facebook. But this is the best part. They all, all DM me wanting support for something. Mm-hmm. I think too as well, and, okay, Jay, uh, we're starting to realize a lot of people don't understand the value. So you have an important mission that you're doing right now, right. but they don't understand that those 10,000 people at Nellis – yeah. They all just scribed on your uh, yeah. your YouTube and watched the video. What that would do, you'd be able to span and do so much more. They don't understand mm-hmm. that that simple little just subscribe mm-hmm. or like, the value that it does. So when you look at Wounded Warrior, they have 3 million followers on Facebook. And they probably have 1,000 people like each post. It's just a law, a law of large numbers. Then you see all the other organizations that don't get as much attention or they can't right. they get the donations because they don't have those numbers. So as we complain about all the things we don't have, we've got to learn to invest in one another. But how you invest in one another is by subscribing to that channel. Mm-hmm. Right. Liking. And that's I what mean. I said. I said, I thought you was about this mission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, th- I, th- I, th- I said, I see you post about it. So that tells me two things. You don't know the content exists or you don't know how to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. You know, like... To me, if 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 someone's like, "Hey, KJ, will you let me interview you and share it on?" Of course, I think. I mean, I put I put your guys' organization on kicking it with KJ. I put it out there on IG, and and I'm just like, and, and I may not do it like every single time you post, but I the, the for me, it's gonna come when it come up comes up on a year, then I'm just gonna go straight DM and say like, you know, what's going on? Like, yeah, it's time for you to go or what's up. Well, we had so many people that used to show up. Like, we we get a free um, booth at Champs, um, and there's some people that only come out of the woodworks for that, you know, when they're going to get something for free. We've had people drop our names to people um, when they're talking to people, and they say, oh, you know, I want to donate. Then come to find out they donated to that person. We never saw what that donation was or anything like that. It's just you you, you take the good with the bad, because even with being around a group of veterans, um, not everybody is the caliber of person you thought they were. You know. Yeah, and and I get uh I get it. So I get admonished all the time by the the real chief of the house, um, <laughs> and she's like, "You give people way too much credit than they deserve," you know. And that's why why I said I said, "Yeah, I think this year I'm gonna have to pull back," yeah. you know, focus my energies. I think I think we will always achieve what if I'm gonna achieve it, I'm gonna achieve it regardless right. whether you help me or not. That's right. Um, for me, it's more of like, but there's a message here. That even people you lead and inspire need to hear this, mm-hmm. right? Don't, don't, don't make me default to like. So are you hating, or you know, it didn't come out of your mouth, so you yeah. don't want to share it, right? Yeah, I, I finally part. put out a right. post, and uh, and I was scared to do it. I actually did like this little um, a metaphysical uh, kind of thing with my friend Annie. She she's so talented, but she realizes mind, spirit, and, bo- and spirit and body mm-hmm. has to be in tune, right? And we rarely pay attention to our mind, like the real subconscious, because it's always fighting the ego. Mm-hmm. Someone that asks you a question, your ego is going to answer, not, and it's not necessarily going to be the truth, Got right? It. So after I had that with her, because I was blocked, and it took forever 
for me to even admit that because I was yeah. still getting out the house. I was walking with my husband. I was doing, but I was, something was off. And if I admitted it, that means that I'm not being a hundred percent for the people I actually help. Right. And I'm not being a good caregiver to my husband. So finally I broke down and I was like, Hey, what would be some good books to read? And that's when she was like, what's going on? You know, over there trying to read books on, you know, what's happening. But after I had that session with her, I posted and I still thought about not posting it, but I said, you know, I'm not always uh, trusting. Mm. And now I've come to the conclusion that I'm not going to feel bad about it because yeah. there have been plenty of people to give me good reason Stigma free. not to be trustworthy and not to be so quick to trust people yeah. and give them a hundred percent. And that was my post. And I was like, and I'm not going to apologize for it. And it felt so great just to say it out loud you know, and not yeah. feel guilty for it because sometimes I feel guilty for feeling guilty. Yeah. I'm like, well, I got a, I got a nice house. I'm not worried about if I'm going to eat the next day. I got a loving husband. I got, so why can't you get out of the bed? Why can't this? And I feel guilty yeah. about that, but it's okay to not be okay. Sometimes yeah. you just yeah. face it and then move forward. But when you try and just pack it in the a bag, you know, that's when stuff starts to happen. Well, it's it's going to bust out like a can of biscuits. It's funny. You said that. So, <laughs> I did a, uh, this was, I did kind of a, uh, this was our 12, I don't know if you remember those, this is our 12 day, this was my 12 day of Christmas wrap up. And Lynn was like, do not post, you got a new truck. Right. <sighs> so I buried the video. I buried it inside the post. Like, so, you know, Facebook will only show like six of the pictures. It was buried. Oh, okay. Right. And so it was funny. I thought nothing of it. And then, and Lynn was like, she goes, isn't that funny? She goes, you. You buried that post, that oh, that picture. She goes, people found it, but it was almost at a thousand views, with all kinds of comments and likes. Mm. She goes, but you can post about Real the PTSD of some airman, right? Yeah. And it's sitting at thirty-two views, right? Yeah. She was like, "What's that tell you?" She was like, "Oh, they see what you post. That's right. They just scroll. They yeah. see what you post." She goes, but the thing that blows my mind is, is that people are more attracted to you almost like bragging about something that you have. Right. That like that no other folks, you know, may or may not be able to get right now. I was like, I was like, that's funny. Huh? I was like, it's not even a value. Because really. she's like, yeah. yeah, she's like, don't post it. She's like, because it's a year where people are struggling and blah, blah, blah. And I love my, my peeps. But it, it's so my master's degree is six sigma process improvement, right? So data is everything. Mm -hmm. Root cause analysis is everything. A baseline is everything. Mm -hmm. Contrast is everything, right? And so I'm naturally drawn to things that would not, that would drive us nuts right. on the inconsistencies, right? And and it and so I've learned to navigate through it and be like, whatever, you know, it's no big deal. I don't even look at the stuff no more. I make the content, I post it, and I move on, mm -hmm. right? Um. But it's those things that you'll see. It's like, holy crap, like, you know, maybe I should just go start getting some bands and, you know, put the big money, the big money <laughs> yeah. band to my ear in the studio and act like I'm a baller, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. It's like, is that what's going to attract people? And that post didn't get a lot of likes where I was talking about, you know, trusting the people it and didn't, did unapologetically. It. I posted about some vegan croissants <laughs> that Pete found the other day. 
I had 56 comments within a matter of like five minutes. Where'd you get it? Oh my God. Show me the French toast when you make it. What kind of egg did you use? Because you're vegan. Why do you think that is? It happens all the time. Anytime I post anything about, cause I'm like just vegan crazy. Now I didn't become a foodie until I became vegan. And so I like to recreate stuff when I get a hankering for it. Right. Uh, I'm making gumbo this weekend. Pictures. But do you think people, do you think that's part of the stigma though? Yeah, because I, because I'm all things forgotten, not gone. And I'm not, when I became sober, Mm -hmm. the more I, talked about it it set me free so i'm super transparent people can right. ask me anything and talk to me about anything there's not a whole lot of people who i've spent more than 10 minutes with who don't know what i've been through and where i've come from i, I make a very very clear and i'm right. very transparent about that but as soon as i post something about food that's a, so that's what i mean i feel like their mind. if like you if post I had a food youtube channel or a food they want to be entertained Facebook, kj that's what we well that's what i'm saying so. if you post about something that's your passion that let's say is tied to emotions and let's say ptsd and stuff like that nothing it's almost like talking about politics at the holiday meal yeah and go the right? opposite way right and but if i post you know like oh by the way that's the infamous uh, puppy play mask where i went uh live oh, okay i don't know if you saw that video I don't think oh, so. Okay. Do you know what puppy Did play is? No, I, I couldn't see it at first because, uh, but I see it now. So that there's a yeah. thing called puppy play. I'm so thinking. yeah. So it's a mask. It's an S like an S and M thing. Right, yeah. right. That's what right? I'm thinking. So uh, for Thanksgiving, <laughs> I had my daughter record me in front of the house in my oh, robe. Lord. Yeah, you in my mug. Do you oh, see you that? Yeah. So that's that mask. That's yeah. the infamous mask that I got uh, over at a cocky punk in uh, New Orleans Square. Yeah, I don't know. I'm weird like that. Funny. Hey, you having but, fun, but that's. The but whole yeah, thing. I guess people are trying to be entertained. I guess. Yeah, yeah I just scrolling down. Just, if it's something you know uh, entertaining, they'll they take a little bit, or they want a joke. But when you're talking about real stuff, but I would encourage you to keep on telling your truth because the things that you're putting out, and I've seen the different veterans and the things that they have expressed over there is incredible information. But it's yeah. not going to resonate with everybody. But that doesn't mean you should stop doing what you're doing to try right. to appeal to the masses. Eventually, this platform, if you keep being consistent every week, you're going to do phenomenal things over there. Mm, but right true. now, you're just talking to the right, uh, the wrong people. And I keep saying that. You can't say the right thing to the wrong people, and you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. Yeah, so, true. true. That's factual. Yeah, facts. So let's ask this, because, you know, believe it or not, we're at an hour and 40 minutes. I can oh, imagine. wow. Right? Yeah. Too easy, right? And by the way, this is delicious. Um, we brought you. I'm, we brought I'm on super low carbs for the next eight days. And so I was drinking and sipping, right? Right? Oh, the carbs are ridiculous is on it? all these things. Maybe yeah. because it's fermented. No, no, no. So like this one right here is uh, 24 grams of carbs, um, which is probably not bad for, you know, you know, Pete because, you know, he's he's like a big sexy guy. I was trying to think of what but, carbs it is, though, because you're doing keto. I don't think it's bad. Right? Yeah, I don't know if it's... Uh, this one, uh, this is my favorite so far. See, that's what I thought. That's What's that one? What's that Mystic one Mango. Oh, yeah, Mystic Mango. And it has this uh, fragrance in the taste. Yeah. It's like almost yeah. like a slight flower, like yeah. almost. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually very delicious. Synergy and, is our favorite uh, brand. brand of kombucha. Really? Then uh, followed by this one. Yeah, then followed by Health, health Aid, Aid kombucha. Mm-hmm. And this helps me, you know, I, I can't, uh, I had with the GI problem, you know, physically I wasn't able to drink. It started, you know, making me vomit the blood. Yeah. And so having a, uh, a a healthy alternative that still made me feel like I was doing something, you know, I put into my little fancy glass yeah. at home and I'll be sw- swirling around, feeling like I'm doing something. So that's your favorite one? Yeah, the uh, the grape uh, this one kombucha. All right, so you ready for a little impromptu commercial for them? Yeah, all right. let's go. All right, listen, all right, hold on a second. Here we go. <laughs> 
One of my favorite kombuchas, Health Aid Kombucha, great vibes. Followed by the Synergy, Raw Kombucha Grape Chia. What a delicious drink. And I also take this with my Kratom by Urban Ice Botanicals so I can get out the damn house and live a life stigma-free with F&G. Wow, very good. You get this one. These nuts. <laughs> Got <him. laughs> I forgot. I forgot I added that whole thing. So when my son was there, Hilarious. by the way, that was very good. Very impromptu. That's some ALS. We, re- we reached out ca- to them before. He seriously had a problem. Like we had Kate. boxes and boxes of kombucha. And so we made a video about Forgotten Not Gone. I was like, Kombucha Synergy, help us. My pro- my husband has a problem. And we, pro- I think we tagged them or something. And they sent some? No. no. Oh, they, them jokers are weak. Because I did a Lay's because I love the, the, the flaming Hot Kettle Chips. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw that little skit I did with Lynn where I'm I'm yeah, I'm doing it. I'm on live and uh and she's like, Hey, I need you to help with the baby. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I can't. I got the flaming hot chips. And so she starts yelling at me. I tagged Lays and then I, I messaged them direct. They read it. And didn't say anything. I was like, man, I could have ended up on a commercial at least. Right. That's <laughs> Come a, they, on. they probably steal it. We'll probably see it on a commercial. Man, I hope. they stole it. Maybe it'll be like, you know, the little tiny. It'll be on like the little. So I was make wearing, sure your thing is time stamped so then we can come back and be like, uh, they stole that. Yeah. I was wearing my Kicking with KJ shirt, my Air yeah. Force retired chief hat. Man, I was fired and they up. they didn't say. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe one day. So let me ask this as we come, uh, as we try to wrap it up and usually my wrap ups are like another 20, 25 minutes. Right. So like what's next. And you guys said you're not at Craig ranch no more. Right. Um, and so when I say what's next, if that's G 14 classified, I get it. Cause I know we were talking about last time we walked, you're looking at changing your business model. You're talking about changing it up a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Wednesdays. Yeah. Wednesdays. We're going to move the Saturday nights of ours, walk it out to Wednesday. We're going to be at Bruce tent park. Uh, which is uh, where the farmer's market is at. At noon. Yeah, and it's right uh, by the, the VA peer support where Chris works out as well. You know, that's the next park over. Oh, it's just by that park today. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, that's going to be the park because on gonna, Wednesdays they have uh, the, the farmer's, farmer's market. market. So we're planning on uh, walking, parking at the farmer's market, walking down to where Chris is at, you know, the park, walk all the way around, mm-hmm. and then uh, join the farmer's market. And just, again, we're just giving outlets that a lighthouse you were talking about it's uh, overwhelming to always try to g- provide group activities to everybody. And a lot of times, especially with bringing out the trikes, like when, when we were on the news the other week, you know, I had two veterans didn't mm-hmm. show up the last minute, but they didn't know it took me two hours a day before to load up the truck and to go through it with the mechanic to have that bike available for them. Right. And it's like, it's physically like killing me. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a burden. So I want to just focus on more people that, uh, on individual uh, events. Show and, up ready. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the time, we'll just walk it out on Wednesdays. But uh, We need to do a video of you, like doing a video of you getting ready. Like yeah, we that, filmed it before. With and the post it like, and, like, bruh. So, yeah, yeah, that's, so listen, everybody, show the fuck up. <laughs> if right? you say I mean, you're going to be there. I mean, if you can't make it, yeah. you can't make it. We don't need to know that. But if you say you're going to be I there. I can't stand that shit. Well, the same excuses I, that they use not to be there is what I just suppress my emotions. Like if you're reaching a bag over there, we got you a little gift from our Urban Ice uh, Botanicals over there. 
But basically, I, I just take a little Kratom pill, two of those. It gives me a little yeah. bit of a relief from the, the inflammation that I'm suffering through. Okay. Allows me to perform for a few hours and do what I need to do. Is that this? Uh, yeah, that's one of them. You that's got the three different ones. So that's the evening recovery blend. It has a melatonin in there. We're not giving you any hocus pocus scary stuff. Yeah, nothing will get me fired, right? No. Nothing that's going to get mm-hmm. you fired. And then you have a morning uh, focus. So you take two of those before you go to the gym. You'd be jacked up. Okay. Uh, they just uh, were at the Mr. Olympia as well. Oh, uh, you were advertising this. Weren't you? Uh, Did you do a picture of this? Yeah, yeah well, they're, they're one yeah. of our sponsors, but this is how I came off the oxycodone and all that uh, doom and gloom stuff. Oh. That's got you a flag right oh, there guess as where well. where it's going. It's going in here. Yeah. But these are all the different things that we're showing you solutions over sedation mm-hmm. uh, and solutions over suicide. So having uh, an ability to uh, have something to calm down the pain has allowed me to get out there and suppress those emotions. But now when I get around the veteran peer support, you know, life feels so much better right now. But that's what we need. Yeah, We need solutions over suicide. That day was hard yeah. for me. I was in a lot of pain. And when we got home, we were like two hours in being home. And I said, hey, my stomach still hurts. <laughs> he was like, it's been hurting. It hasn't. I was like, I completely forgot it was hurting. Yeah. I got on my bike. I was riding, joking with everybody. But I was surprised when I felt the pain again because I was like, hey, my stomach is hurting. He was like, you said your stomach was hurting before we left. But I, just getting out and being outside around. of myself and being there for something other than me. That's right. That's what it's all I about. I mean, it didn't necessarily take the pain away, but it took my mind off of it. So I wasn't even aware that I was feeling pain until I got home and kind of mm-hmm you know, unwind a little bit. And I was like, why is my stomach hurting? He was like, because it's been hurting, Kelly. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Isn't that why we uh, drink too much or get caught up in drugs? We're trying to escape for a few hours. Somebody's, yeah. uh, you know, injecting that heroin in there and their veins, they get to escape for a few hours. My escape is the gym. See? that's Right. What, yeah. And I did that for years. Uh, but when Worked I lost out. the physical ability, that's when I ended up in a hospital. You know, I've been training since I was 18 up until 2011. That's what right. I was, 269. You know, you see some old pictures of me. I don't. I So I got to tell you, like, um, so Lynn will tell you the one thing that I I drew the line. She knows, like, do not prevent me from making it to the gym. Yeah. Um, I, that, that's me. I'm Lynn. Right. She I, w- sometimes I would tell me, hey, you need to go to the gym. Yeah. So, so she knows, right? And so I can't imagine if I had to be able to cope and not be, you know what I mean? And not go to the gym as a coping mechanism. And that's how it is when he gets really, um, like his knees and his back spazzes up and he can't ride his trike. Mm. So when I'm talking to the caregiver, I'm telling them, you know, you guys think it's okay just to deny physical therapy for such a long time and kind of just pay ping pong with us between right. community choice care and, and you guys and say, Oh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it and blah, blah, blah. But when he's not being yeah. able to ride his trike, mm-hmm. I got a whole different individual that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's zero to a thousand. I asked one question and right after I asked that one question, he says, why are you asking me a thousand questions? Yeah. It was literally one question. One question too many. <laughs> and that's what he says. And I, and he and he's not being like, he really feels like that. He yeah. just felt like I asked him 50 questions and I asked one question. And I'm, I'm telling them, 
you're not there. Like you're not there all right. this time when, when we have an outlet that we can use and utilize to get us out of that, you know, depression or out of that isolation and stuff. And you take that away. It's dangerous territory because all we're doing, like you can't fix us. That's what the VA right. really needs to know. You can never fix us, right? If it's chronic pain and there's something we can do more natural or whatever, the thing that we're trying to do is have a quality of life. That's right. Right. So getting out and talk, I'm having a fantastic time. I'm so happy that we were able to get over here and finally, you know, talk with you. Kicking and, it with KJ. Oh, yeah, man. Kicking it, with KJ. Had, like, I, had I not finally had you guys here, I would have been like, ostracized <laughs> like no of like course not. but you know I'm, I'm gonna go home and, and feel even better because i did something productive today that's right versus you know giving in to not wanting to do anything and then beat myself up about not giving in yeah lynn, lynn doesn't understand uh well she understands now so let me rephrase I, I i say that the wrong way um like she'll say babe just sleep in i'm like no, I right, get up and I go right. to the gym. Because that's like, going to make you feel better, And I go better, early, actually. right? Yeah, I do not know how to sleep. I don't take naps. I can't take naps. I feel guilty. Mm. Um, and she's like, like, and I learned. So it was funny. I, I thought we we were on the same page. And so we are on the same page, but you went a different direction. So maybe you can... So I learned when I found a place of peace and, like, clear mind... That lasted for a hot second, and I found that I had to go find conflict to feel comfortable. Mm. I don't know how to manage yeah, this. Right. This my maybe yeah. you because I I have what an the anger. gym is about. You know, yeah. you add battle. You know, I got this. Yeah, I got this rage in me all the time that if yeah. if it's quiet and calm, I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah, like, and I'll go huh. to social media. That's when you'll see me post <laughs> raging, content, <laughs> potentially, conf, yeah. you know, uh, contentious posts. Cause I'm looking, I'm seeking conflict. Um, and then I'll mm. post it and I'll regret it. And I'm like, crap, you know what I mean? And it, it, I think that's a cycle you can relate to because, um, our thought process are very much probably the same. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, she'll, she'll tell you, I love conflict. Like yeah. I thrive in conflict. I think better in conflict mm. yeah. versus right. when it's, when it's calm, you'll hear me Feel stutter over my words a little bit. You'll see me try to overthink what I'm trying to think. But when I'm upset, Shit, I'm like Eminem in Eight Mile. I'm the last. I'm the B Rabbit who beat Free World. Like so, when I'm upset, I can flow. Yeah. Um, but when I'm happy, I stutter over my words. My it's like I got like this like yeah. speech block. It, it's really weird. You yeah. just explained something for me that in the 22 years of knowing him, I never got into this instant. So when we go out on the street and we're about to turn, if he's driving. If it's a bunch of cars coming, he will go right out there and he thinks so quick. Like he's just right out, you know, he commits, he's out there, we're fine, nobody gets hit or anything like that. But if we pull up to it, and now I'm realizing that might be what it is, if we pull up and there's no cars coming, he takes an extra long, he like look, and I'm like, what the hell is he looking for? There's no cars. Right. And he won't go. But if there's a ton of cars, he's split decision peak. Combat some, driving. Some, yeah. some, I think some of us have been so uh, conditioned, our homeostasis and conflict is our natural state. And it sucks because when you work in institutions, mm. that's not what they like. Especially security S forces. Yeah, especially if you're a big guy. Yeah. You know, because we grew up with the big guy being the bully in high school. Three o'clock high. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And imagine being the big guy with stripes and mm -hmm. then having PTSD where you just... 
you 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 know you're you're like hey detail a lack of detail is what gets people killed true so fucking fix your shit that's right you can't talk talk to to me me. chief chief assaulted me what are you talking about i told you to fix your shit sold me what's your words chief assaulted me you know and 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 it's just like and and so yeah i don't know and i don't want to end on negative so i guess i would ask this right um I always like to end on a positive note, right? At least the guests, if there was words of inspiration, um, one uh, last Hail Mary to connect the listeners to your story and saying, look, this is why it's important, right? One, you know, I don't want you to feel forgotten. I mean, let's be real, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like, if I didn't know you and you said, yeah, we're all forgotten, people might be like, man, that's so negative, like, I mean, because I'm sure you've had debates about that. I mean, okay. even I've shared my perspective on on how veterans are looked at with someone I hold in high regard. And he's like, man, you're hanging out with the wrong vets. Yeah. I'm like, bullshit in my head, you know. But that's not the intent. The intent is to prevent people from feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we are all inspired, right? Um, if you could connect them to your stories and why you exist and where you want to go and the the floor is yours. Yeah, I think too when you just mentioned uh PTSD and we mentioned that a lot, you know, that's just one of many emotions. You know, happiness is emotion as well, right? Anger is. is another emotion. So which emotion do we want to spend more time dwelling in? But at the end of the day, I like to share with people that there's a cost of freedom and we've served, we've done a job that uh 90 what 7 or 93% of America doesn't want to do. And so we come home yeah. having paid that cost of freedom separated from our families because of that comeback mentally physically damaged and we just need a hand up and if you spend more time uh less time criticizing us and telling us all the doom and gloom stuff of how bad we are and give us that hand up instead hey we'll change around we'll evolve we'll work past the limitations we have today but we'll come back in our communities and we'll do service before self again we'll make our communities better and so when you see our journey the progress just if you look on our YouTube from 2013 to uh, seven years later now, we, we sound a lot different. We look a lot different because yeah. in society has invested in our mental health. And so now I'm so grateful because I don't feel worthy of that help, but I accepted that help and I didn't squander right. that opportunity. So now you see me filled with joy because of that. So that's a positive message over here. I don't know what life's going to happen in the next two years, but I'm happy to be alive today. And again, I just want to see what the world has to offer right now going in 2021. Well, you just made me inspired. Yeah. Uh, well, well, get out your credit card and go to ForgottenNotGone.org <laughs> and, and come off your stingy bank account and fund the mission today. <laughs> um, I would say, too, so the Forgotten Not Gone, like you said, uh, it sounds negative. But in our mind, we were saying, hey, I'm forgotten, but I'm not gone. That's right. Like the not gone was mm-hmm. the emphasis, not so much the forgotten. And I used to think that, you know, being in the military and being a cop, you know, even though I didn't want to be, was my claim to fame. And I was going to tell those stories and I was going to live in that past for the longest. Because if you had told me I'd be able to do what I'm doing now and have a quality of life that was better than what I was in the military and that I'm more proud of than the things that I did in the military, I would have never believed you. So I do this to let veterans know you can have a quality of life greater than anything you ever did in your military service. And I know sometimes it's hard to even wrap your brain around it. Um, You know, if you've been in for a long time or, you know, you had, yeah, I got an accommodation medal for Operation Enduring Freedom. I I always forget I have it until Pete says something about it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I did have that because I'm just so <laughs> proud that I was able to talk to an Army veteran the other day and, and tell her something that moved her. And then he overheard me say it. And, and I'm such in the moment. He was like, what you did for her really meant something. I'm like, I just said blah, 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 blah. And when I said it back, I was like, I learned something from that too. Right. So a quality of life greater than you could ever imagine is, is what I want to leave with people. You know, stumping out veteran suicide is one aspect of it, um, but it's so much more. Your, your yeah. military training is going to allow you to do something special. It's just True. like right now, KJ, you may be the next Joe Rogan five years from now. Say it again. Oh, man, I you hope so. But you remember, <laughs> we, we came from a psych unit to talking to you right now, nine years later. Man. You're just getting started. You just got out, and you're already on the incredible path right now. So what happens when you get the resources that you need right now? Your life right. is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I don't even know how this happened. So, um, I just ended up online. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, how do you? Yes, genuine. <laughs> you get a passion for something, and you, you, like you said, you knew there was something. You were meant to serve, right? And what capacity yeah. is just the question. And that's how I always felt. I knew I had a purpose, especially when, you, you know, even when I was going through what I was going through, I used to tell myself when I was driving into the IRS, yeah. I would say to myself, one day I'm not going to need these pills. One day I'm not going to go home and drink. Like mm -hmm. I just knew that there was a purpose for me because there had always been one. I'm not a mistake. Yeah. I, I believe in the little things. Um, like, like I love my, one of my favorite, my masks is the one you guys gave me. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and people are like, oh, what is that? I'm like, and I'm like, I feel like, like Snoopy when he's flying his house. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, a, a, I do, I feel like an A-10, right? And I'm kind of built like one, right? <laughs> um, I have always appreciated even the littlest experiences because those are such, those are seeds. They mean so much. Right? People just want to see the big giant tree. Mm -hmm. They don't want to, they don't understand the, the seed that was planted, right? And call him the seed planter. That's, that's what it is, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, so, and, you know, when you do, for me, for this, right? And it's anybody. I don't just, it's not just vets, you know, it's, it's, it's anyone, right? And to make someone feel special, mm. right? Um, that's priceless, yeah. And, and, you know, when I see someone sit in a chair and they put on the thing and they hear their voice for the first time, they're like, Whoa. <laughs> right. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and, and then they get to hear themselves on YouTube. And, and I think I tend to be more strategic minded. I'm a chess player. I don't play checkers, you know, and, you know, like with posting on Facebook and I Instagram and this, I said, one day I might be an ICU. Mm. And my family might be too busy to visit me or they won't. I don't know. But I said, I have something to look back on, Yeah, you know, and like you said, or leave them, I mean, or leave them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, and the smile on someone's face when you make them more important or you make them realize that of course you could be in a podcast. I mean, I've had more people that when I asked them, they were like, are you serious? I'm like, well, yeah. Why? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, if you noticed, I don't have a whole lot of big time CEO, you mm -hmm. know, Jeff Bezos in my studio. You know, I was like, um, I, it, I like to stick up for the little guy. It's the respect. Like when we like, you still have that, like a chief for 28 years or whatever. Like when you asked us, it's the level of respect that we have for you that makes it flattering. So they're not flattered. Mm -hmm. They're actually going to be on a show or whatever. They're just, they're flattered that someone they respect 
took an interest to ask, that means that you yeah. feel like we have something to say or that they have something to say. And that's Got just it. me speaking from my point of view. Got I'm, it. I'm just saying it wasn't, yeah, I've been on a many a podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't somebody who I respected that asked me and that I can relate with. This is a, a little bit more special. You know what I mean? Got it. That's what they're being flabbergasted at. Like, yeah, I'm gonna oh, ask. Okay. I, I don't want to ask them. You know, I'm like, why? Why are you so fired up? It's just let's talk about you. You know, oh, and they're like, yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a yeah. big deal for some. Like, you know? we feel what you did. You know, in the military is great because I mean, we were in the military. We know what it takes to just be a senior airman, let alone a chief. You know, um, yeah. and then the aspect that you're still serving, yeah. the service before self. That's a big deal. And I tell people all the time. Sometimes I feel selfish. Because I get so much out of helping other people that I yeah. feel like I'm doing it for myself. Yeah, but you bring people with you, though. That's the difference. There's, like, you see the stuff, like, in Leaderish I post, you know. There's people who do it. To me, it's easy to do stuff for others, really, with the intent of looking at Being me. seen. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. Um, and then there's people, I, I like to be seen, too, but... It, I don't think I do it for those reasons. Notice right. I said, I don't think. Right. I'm sure there's times, you know what I mean? Like, um, I did, a, uh, I did a uh, impromptu interview. Um, I was having one of those days and I was on the recumbent, I'm a recumbent bike guy. Right. Um, and I'm flipping through and I see an opportunity to, um, support a small business. Right. Um, double amputee, uh, great guy. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to call him and see if he'll do an interview with me. Like mm -hmm. right when I got back from the gym. So far, super great guy. Uh, uh, it was Dylan's catering, and I think he just changed the name. And so it was Christmas time. So while I'm interviewing him, I reach out. And I ask my buddy, said, hey, is there a family in the Air Force in need? Right? So I'm going to buy Christmas dinner from this small business. Oh, and, and have you to, send it to them. Right. Right. And I think it all worked out. Like, you know, it all worked out, you know, but the other part of me was like, I was disappointed. I was like, man, you couldn't have taken a picture and sent it to me or, mm. oh, yeah, you know, you like yeah. you couldn't give KJ, you know, a, a shout out saying, hey, thanks for supporting small business. And oh, by the way, you fed a needing family in the Air Force. Because that can you inspire know? somebody else to do the same thing. It's yeah. Not you really would think. trying to be seen. It's, yeah. Want to know Play that your that your uh, what you did actually meant a, a value, and a lot of people don't uh, see that, so they don't necessarily want to help sometimes. And, right. then and, when people and I didn't want to post it, but right. I hoped maybe they would yeah. and said, you know what, there are good people out there, right. and thank you. Because when people ask you that, like I've had people ask me, can you support this? Can you support this? And when I say all my money is going to forgotten, not gone, right. it is. But I do do a lot of supporting of other organizations, right. like a, a ton. But I don't want to say I'm doing it myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you like, want someone. It, it, yes. And then I don't. And the only reason I would want someone to say, hey, she does this is just to know I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm yeah. not telling you to support me without me supporting other organizations. I am supporting. I just don't need to let you know. Listen, you're not asking. This is the thing. So I told you my closings will end up being like another 40 <laughs> minutes, right? The little person trying to come up will get slaughtered True. for expecting or asking the same things the wealthy corporate companies do. 
They do it all the time. All the time. Oh, GE would like to thank the NBA and the NFL for blah, blah, blah. Or the NFL would like to, per, you know, they make a way. They, they do it all the time. Mm -hmm. So what you're asking for, to me, is not unreasonable. It's like, um, it's not unheard that's, of. that's us growing each other. Like the if, way they do. If you appreciated it and you appreciated it, you know, and that was... That was not, you know, that I didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said, I'm not gonna do none of this. I can, I can, I can go ball out, <laughs> make it rain, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, not not even a picture, just to say, yeah. hey, yeah, you know, thank you, and and I just realized, you know, and, and this is the thing people don't understand. I do this. I tell you, it works in my house. I work and make the money, but I am not the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> When I go and do shit, it ha it it goes through a formal uh, inquisition of like, uh, what's this for? I'm the inquisition, right? And I'm like, well, it it don't say little Debbie's and it don't say spearmint rhino. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, and you know, I'm just asking you to prove this, right? <laughs> um, people understand that when the person who loves and cares is is it's not reciprocated or appreciated. Mm. Yeah. Then the person who is expected to support it is not going to. Right. It's a family affair, right? Mm -hmm. So when I go and do stuff for these folks, it takes my time, it takes my money. And when it's not reciprocated, that means I, whether I want to or not, whether it's selfless in my heart or not, you don't understand that I've taken time away from the, the person who's going to lay by my deathbed. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. To help you. So while I expect nothing in return in the moment, I sure as fuck expect you to support me when I ask for it. Put right. some respect on my service. You know what <laughs> I mean? Some respect, right? Yeah. And, and it's not even that, but you know, like I said, my coin, uh, as a chief said, all hua or less hua, more dua, <laughs> right? And, um, and that derived from a story uh, that, you know, I could show it to you uh, another day, but um, you know, there's basically there's a whole lot of talk and, and a lot less action. Yeah. Um, no, I got to tell you the story, right? Why not, right? And I'll tell you this real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Sound good? Good. So so I was, when I was a tech star, and I worked for the MSG commander as the NCIC, the commander's action group, largest mission support group in Air Mobility Command, back in the BDU days, mm. right? The good Cr days. Crisp sleeves, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Shiny boots. Mm -hmm. Not the core frams that I could buy in Korea. <laughs> I did wear those for a little bit, too. And, um, you know, and you hat right so i'm walking with the colonel and he's like hey sergeant james you know that guy over there like i think he's like staff sergeant something like that and i'm like nah i don't sir he's like you don't know him everybody knows him like look at that you know like really like, you know so the colonel setting me up and by the way this is the only colonel colonel uh hardwick who's ever beat me arm wrestling mm -hmm. he's a professional arm wrestler and i was yoked i was a big dude he beat me and uh, he's like, look at them boots, polished, look at that hat. He's like, you know what that guy is? I was like, uh, sharp, sir. He was like, that kid is all hua, no dua. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a facade. Oh, I know yeah. a couple of those. He's like, he's like, he's a fakester. He's like, he's like, he's what takes away from the hardworking performers because people are too busy oohing and aahing. Mm -hmm over a mirage mm -hmm. right? and it goes back to to the hearts of and the intent of several people who post the it's me look at me look at me look at me right 
And what's bad is, you know, we're in this business to where, and, and I, I, I'm a caller out and I just haven't, I stopped. Right. You know what I mean? And, um, like it's easy. Like I can literally do a screenshot for one year and then blast folks on like, but I thought you weren't about this. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. I can post a podcast on how, you know, diversity and inclusion is important, blah, blah, blah. And one of my friends who's supposed to be about that life never acknowledges it and never shares it. But then I watch them create their own shit mm -hmm. perpetuated yeah. by the stuff I post. Yeah. Right. Copycats. And, and, and I'm like, and I'm like, so I don't understand. You know what I mean? And that's why I came up with that saying in London was like, he was like, that's your saying. I said, I said, most can't handle your light. Mm -hmm. So they turn their back on you, but stay close enough to keep their backs warm. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Right. And, and so it's just a fact. And to me, I just had accepted. It. It's like, yeah, you know what? You don't have to admit it and you never will, but you need me more than I need you. Apparently Hallelujah. when I would rather us need each other and grow. Right. right. Wait so, till you have somebody pitch you your idea. So I guarantee it's going to happen and it's going to be like, oh, and, yeah. and think of me when it happens, when they come when and they say, pitch me my I idea. got an idea about doing a podcast and I'm going to talk about stuff that, you know, you know, I'm going to get real with the people and I'm going to remember me. Just think of my yeah, face I when will. they do it. Right now, right now I deal with the, uh, um, it's almost a year later. Hey, uh, so, uh. Tell me a little bit about this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, uh, why don't you fucking listen to it? <laughs> right. And there's a little thing called about. Just hit click that, it. hit click that and read what it's about. But you'd have to go to the page. Well, to do that, so. well why I dislike that is because it's an inauthentic question. You're just entertaining, you know, uh, and I'm like that puppy who gets excited, right? Right? You know, you're 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 playing me, mm -hmm. you're hustling me, meaning you're trying to make it seem like, yeah, I'm aware of what's going on in your life, and I'm gonna have this little fucking dialogue, but I'm not doing nothing with it, right? I'm I'm telling you, like, um, in the worst times of 2020, I said there's fakers, takers, and promise breakers, <laughs> and. And I said, I said, what bothers me the most about all that is, is I can handle the truth if you just say, hey, I'm not going to do this. Right. Because at least I know where you stand. But when someone tries to talk to me about my podcast, I'm like, well, why didn't you listen to it? Why didn't you subscribe to it? Or when someone's like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to connect you with so-and-so. Why don't you do it? <laughs> I've had so many people say they were going to do some stuff. It never fucking happened. And so to me, I'm just like, you're just full of shit. You know what I mean? Because if you were genuinely and authentic about it and it was a time thing, there's a thing called following up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a thing saying, hey, listen, this is where it's at. But I've learned the hard way that, you know, um, you're just you're just not that important to people. Yeah. Um, and that's OK as long as you don't make me feel like I'm that important to you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then show me that I'm not. Right. That's the part I have a problem with. And. It's okay. I said I'm going to disconnect with uh, several folks in 2020, regardless if we're associated via Air Force or leadership. I, I just, I am. Because to me, it's like, I'll see you when we're forced to be together, which is situation normal anyways. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'll be cordial and I'll be polite. Um, like I was telling London, I said, there's a lot of people who have a, give, been given the title leader and they couldn't fucking lead shit. Mm -hmm. Right? I can tell you where I've led. You know, um, and I didn't say I'm like all things leader, but I definitely know that 
you're not a leader, but you're a damn great manipulator in the network. Right. And you're not leading if you're just taking. True. So I'm excited for you though. Cause you're going to, you're going to find some people who uh, are going to blow your mind. That's going to reinstill in you what you already know. You're going to find some, some Kelly's and some Pete's and some KJ's and some Lynn's and some, they're out there. And when we meet them, it, it, overshadows all the people who've it pitched does. us our own idea. I'm going to get these bullets and then I'm a, well, wow, I, that sounds just like what I'm doing. It broke my heart. I told, <laughs> I, cause I told London, I said, I said, I never understood it till now. Why when people come up and make it, they don't share the love with their, their organ, you know, all of a sudden, cause even a friend, she was like, yeah, the people who are supposed to be my friends. Now I just call them fans. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I never hear from them unless they need something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now I understand, like, it's, you know, when you come up and um, I will if I want to. Just like I told some young captains once upon a time, said, if I want to be a chief, I will be. And as soon as I made it, I made sure they knew. Right. Um, I, and that's not gloating. It's just, you know, I understand there's a, there's a handful that when I, it went, when and if I make it, because I decide to, mm-hmm. there will be a handful that I'll remember. He says that all the time. Peter says there's, that all There's a the handful time. that I'll remember that I was like, yep, you was there. You was there. I had to tell my buddy, I said, I said, you know why I comment on people's YouTubes when I watch it? So they know I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I said, like, give me a break. I was like, I was like people, people don't know Facebook, YouTube, they provide analytics. Right. Data. So he made me aware of that though. There's a lot of people that don't oh, know. I make sure I like it as soon as I go there. Well, cause that's how the, it gets picked up in the algorithm. Yeah. People don't realize it. It's like, if you want to do me a solid, like, like I get it. Like, you know, when you did an interview, you just did one. Right. And I went to click on it and I was like, whoo, I was like four hours. Right. But it wasn't just oh. you. It was a four hour show. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to break this up into like six months. I was mad that I had to sit through it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was about to say, wait, make sure your friend don't listen to this. (laughs) No, she's my close friend. If I may, KJ, I want to, as you say, close them out with a a positive message of hope so you can cope. Off that dope. Uh, As you see on her shirt, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 uh, to 26. uh, Yeah, you guys get a chance to check that out. It says, for the body is not one one member, but many. And that's what we're really about. You know, this is a team effort. We need one another in uh, each other's lives. And together we're overcoming our disabilities of self-limitations. And life feels so much better because we have people like you in our lives. So we want to thank you for giving us a platform and ability to be here today. And we're just uh, excited about your growth. Like you say, you're just getting started over here. You're going to be the veteran Jim Rogan over over here pretty soon. <laughs> well, maybe the VA hospital will give me a little corner to have like all the, all those folks in there. Cause I love what you said. And I'm going to tell you how much it means to, to us. I didn't realize it until I walked my dad through the VA hospital in my uniform one day. And I could not get five feet without someone like, hey, you know, and man, I, I got my dad. So it's my dad. So I can't like get, you know, too emotional around him because I take care of my dad every day. So when you're exposed to us, an older vet who's got mm. Parkinson's mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's gone through his things, you know, and I take care of him every day, you would think you become uh numb to that Mm -hmm. so seeing an old vet doesn't do nothing for me 
What does it for me is when they come up and talk to me. And then I wonder, I said, I wonder if they have someone at home. Yeah, because they're so open. I wonder if they have a friend. I wonder if someone's taking care of them. And I look at my dad. I'm like, dude, you live with me. I'm like, you got your best friend every day to harass you. And you're complaining about me harassing you. Yeah. This guy may have had to take that bus or that Mm -hmm. shuttle here. And they're so lonely. Yeah. And they miss... Talking to people. the community of the military because we do right. I mean, they, I'll I'll run into yeah. men. Like I said, I'll go into Nellis and I'll feel a certain way. But the 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 bipolar in me, as soon as I see someone I miss, though, I'll sit there and talk to them in the middle of the commissary aisle for yeah. twenty minutes, right? And I got so I got so uh, yeah, my eyes just got watery because I didn't even know who this guy was. But of course, he's wearing his Marine hat. Yeah, you know his, what I mean. Made his day. Yeah. Yeah. You, and he's like. What do all those stripes mean? <laughs> They're so funny. Like, I said, I said, well, what do you mean? He was like, while well, I, I was a sergeant. So what, what are we about the same? I said, I said, I think you know we're not. <laughs> I said, I think you know we're not. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I said, I have as many up as you did down. So, um, so, and he, he laughed. He was like, well, what is that? I was like, that's, it's basically like Sergeant Major. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, you know, it's a uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant in the Marine Corps too. Sergeant right. Major or Master Gunnery Sergeant in the Marine Corps. And, uh. I am the man. <laughs> no, and I'm not, you know, like I love people. So people, I think people will mostly like, yeah. you know, like they will look at us, how we carry ourselves and they'll, that, you know, they'll look at the hard outer shell and i said but do you understand that that's over time to protect what's inside yeah. absolutely you know um and usually by then in today's world of highly sensitive everybody's offended <laughs> oh, jesus you know what i mean and i'm like i'm like you never get to know the true me but if you did and i did offend you one i will admit to it but if we grow from that there's authenticity to that relationship it's just like how you two managed to get through rock bottom together yeah. and you're still here today. Hallelujah. And forgotten not gone forgotten not gone lives, right? So with that, um, before I run my mouth some more, um we should uh take it out with this hardcore sound, right? Hey, listen everybody, um and if you notice me looking that way, I'm used to doing my outros with the camera, right? Um, and then Peter busted out his own camera. Uh, Forgotten Not Gone in the house. Um, great, great people. Great couple. Um, couples that stay together, thrive together. And for what you do for a demographic that needs it, they want it. You want it. I need it. I want it. Um, I'm, just, I'm just really grateful for your presence here. And, and, and I'm thank you, you, for continuing to build a community of care the way we've created communities of consumption. Mm. It's time for people to give back. So uh, everybody out there, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe, like, share. If you're still out there, forgot not gone, look them up. I will put their information in the descriptions and take care and be well. <laughs>